you love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? My sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. That's right, everyone. This is episode 120, and tonight we are on location. At Big Lake Brewing in Holland, Michigan, we were at their um, production facility. Just pretty sweet. You got some cool, cool. For the people who aren't watching live and listening on this after the fact, you guys got to check out the videos because you got some cool stuff going on in the background. It smells amazing here as well. Um, we're gonna be joined by brewmaster Zach Dreyer. Uh, we'll get to know him a little bit and learn everything that we need to know about Big Lake Brewing Company um, while drinking and reviewing some of their great beers. Uh, it's officially game week with our college football team. It feels like one of the longest. Actually, it felt like a very short summer, but the fact that it's finally here, college football, man, I'm, I'm so excited about that. So we're going to do our, our uh, season preview for University of Michigan, like we did last week with Sparties. Um, full season preview. We're going to talk about some players that um, we think it's worth keeping an extra eye on. You guys know how we do it. Just stick with us and let us know yours throughout the episode as well in the comments. Um, we're going to play the schedule game um, the way that we do. We're all going to give our, our personal opinions about the record and then um, might have to flip a coin or two to see which games they win, and we'll have their their uh, results at the end of the episode. So uh, during our betting hero segment, we're bringing back the picks, which I'm pumped about. Gotta love the picks. Let's go. I think I won last year, right? Is that fair? You cheated. I might have, but doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't think so. I did win. I did win. <laughs> I, I didn't know, cheat. I, I promise. Prove um, it. Kyle already said that he's taking back the title this year. Um, he's not here, unfortunately. King Kyle. King Kyle. King Kyle. Yep. I don't buy it. Well, <laughs> see if he's even. On an episode here in the near future, yeah. we'll never know. He's just kind of a no-call, no-show these days. But anyways, <laughs> we'll, we'll let it go. Um, if you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or Twitch, uh, please let us know and, and uh, be part of the conversation. Comment, ask some questions, do all that good stuff. Uh, we already got a comment that says Go Blue, which, I mean, got to love that. Um, before we jump into <laughs> the episode, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors that help, help keep this thing rolling um, and free to our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery state of my sports Siciliano's Market helps us pick out the best craft beer from the state of Michigan. Mac Web Design helps us get our website going. And bettinghero.com gives us and our listeners the best promotions out there if you're interested in the sports betting world. So check them out and let them know that we sent you. Um, I am Sam Waltart. With me today, we got John Dornboss working behind the scenes. Ryan Waltart, Micah Smith. Hello. And Zach Dreyer invited us here. We got Keith in the background as well. Thank you guys for having us. We're really, we're really excited to be here. Um, we'll get into you know a little bit more about Big Lake here here shortly, but um, some kind of some big news. I mean, mi- the state of Michigan won a championship. That's very rare, right? Michigan. When was the last time that happened? Yeah, Michigan that doesn't, did. That doesn't really state happen. Of, the state of Michigan team. Oh, won, not Michigan. Won a, no, not Dang not the nabbit. Michigan. But All right, it was that's cool. Taylor North. That's really cool. Taylor North and uh, Little League World Series. Um, if you want to call it a champion, it's not even the real Little League World Series. They would have lost to Japan, right? 
They, they, they would have, yeah. yeah. I think I, I, I think all of them do, right? Yeah, they all do. Unless you're from so, California every uh, third year. No, but good for them. I mean, pretty cool story. <laughs> um, I personally am not a big fan of Taylor North. Uh, I think a few, there, a few episodes ago, yeah, what? we talked about, I think, we were actually on air, and, and Joe, our buddy Joe was texting us. His, his son played for Western, Michi- or Western Little League, which is our home, home team as well. Dom- um, dominant uh, Little League in really Michigan, right? Yeah, they I mean, really are. Yep. And the size of, of Di- District 9 and that they win to get to states and stuff like that is, is pretty impressive, and they ended up losing to Taylor North. Um, and so just a little bitter. I mean, yeah, you, it's nice to see a Michigan team win, but I don't know. I can't. We got some inside information, too, that might have made it a little less fair. Um, w- really, the, it sounded like the team was, was gathering from a really large group of Little Leagues, right? And then yeah. picking and choosing the best from each one of those Little Leagues to create a super team. Yeah, so it wasn't even just one Little League like it's supposed to be. Right. It was basically, so if you're familiar with the Grand Rapids area, from what I heard, the, the, the area that this team was built off of was basically – like Jenison area to Rockford, yeah, and everywhere in between. So like, like that's how big like four districts combined. Yeah, yeah, that's what we heard. I mean, yeah, if from, that, if from a salty dad who just had some losing. I'd be the same way right. too. Man. I'd be looking for every reason possible to not. No, but you know what? They're from the state of Michigan, right? I mean, we got to we got to root for them. It's pretty cool that they they pulled it off, got the championship, representing Michigan. Yeah. Anything positive in Michigan? Yeah, I think I, I'm going to root for either way, cheating or not. Yeah, no, I'm I'm down to cheat. If and you have to. who did who did they beat? Who did they beat? Uh, state of Ohio. Okay, so it makes so it a little more not so bad. enticing because the state of Ohio sucks, and how everybody they, agrees with that. How did they right? both get through regional? That doesn't even make sense. They got to both be in the same region, right? Who knows? I, yeah, I would think that's actually a really I mean, good point. The, yeah. that, that state down south, who that's, knows? That's way too logical. They probably though. cheated, too. They probably submitted as, like, Florida and then switch or something. Jeez, man. Just, <laughs> just get out of the region. I need to I start, know. like, volunteering for that. <laughs> Make sure that, these guys got that team down rules. there. Yeah, exactly. Another another big thing that's happening. We're not, we don't want to get too in, too much into it, but I, um, good luck. today I'm was the, get into the Lions the, or NFL in general. Um, set their was it 55 or 56 man rosters now? I don't even remember exactly how many. I think it's 55 now. 53 right? man rosters. I think it moved up to 55. 53. All right. Well, I'm wrong. Once yeah. again, Blake Corum or what was that quarterback's <laughs> or running back's name? Not Blake Corum. Transfers. <laughs> that transfer last don't week. Don't forget the transfers. Don't forget the transfers. Always check the portal, Sam. Always forget. Always check the portal. <laughs> uh, but Lions, they set they set their roster. But really, the big some of the bigger names that were cut was uh, Tavai. Uh, just yeah. losing, not keeping a second round pick. All that already, just that just sucks. What two already. years ago? Two years ago, yeah. I think this would have been his third year. Third year, yeah. Um, and then Perriman, who they brought in, on Rashad a, Perriman, a two million dollar, forty million dollar deal, or, or I think it was fully two, guaranteed. I think it was two, yeah. yeah. So it just feels like a waste of money that you brought in this guy, and he's already off the team. But really, the big the big thing. Is this Trinity Benson trade? So they, before the, the, the cuts were all done, they traded Trinity, or they traded for Trinity Benson, who was in the Broncos organization. They also got a sixth-round pick in return, but they gave up a fifth and a seventh for a guy that was probably gonna get cut. How did you feel about this? It, 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 oh, look, I don't know anything about Trinity. He might be a good dude. It seems weird that you're making a trade in this scenario, and this is the first time that I'm actually questioning. Well, other than the Stafford trade, this regime. I mean, all your all. If you look at this, they got a sixth round, right? They 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 gave up a fifth and a seventh. 
Yeah, pretty much so, just gave up. A so three. all you, yeah, all you're saying is that this guy's either going to live up to be a fifth or a sixth round pick. Did I do something? I don't know what that was. <laughs> now the brewery creaks. What are you doing over there? <laughs> it's creaking. It's you guys creaking. have a gun range here? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> No, but I think I think like if if uh, if you really put it into terms like that, so they they took a chance on a guy that's probably a locker room guy, probably somebody that they believe in that'll help with some sort of you know like a mesh mesh kind of player. Yeah. And, and all you're giving up is a fifth or sixth round pick. That's true. And that's all he has the, to live up to. The biggest thing is the Broncos have one of the deepest wide receiving cores in, in the league. So if this guy wasn't going to make him, if he was going to be a fourth or a fifth, not get playing time. Or just try to get sent onto the, the practice squad, and you can take him, get first dibs, don't even give anybody else a chance to take him. Look, he might be a stud. He prob- There's a really good chance he might be our number one receiver when, when, when all said and done this I year, mean with, which with is a sad thing to say, yeah. but <laughs> it, it's very well possible. Um, were there any other cuts that you thought that were really worth bringing up before we uh, move on? Mike Ford, right? Mike Ford, cornerback. Yeah. He was supposed to be our number probably four cornerback, so uh, backup for one of the outside guys. And he, he was a big, big special teams guy, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, really big special teams guy. So that's kind of, I don't know. I I, I didn't I, see who they, who they kept or anything like, like that yeah. yet. I feel like there was another one. that. Oh, oh and the um, – Crosby, Tyrell Crosby yeah. was their backup uh, tackle, and, he, and they were even playing him at guard to see what they could get out of him. He was the first offensive lineman in the rotation when somebody had to get get a break. Or was and hurt. he and he played pretty well last yeah. year and the year before when he was called upon for playing right tackle duties, or even when um, uh, what's his name Didn't Taylor Decker. Year. Taylor Decker was mm-hmm. out left tackle. Tyrell Crosby was that guy to to take his place. Everybody was kind of think of him uh, as him as our safety net this year. Yeah, so especially with with the way that it's looking with Penny Sewell, don't want to overreact or anything, but thank you. Um, what? It, what? Just don't overreact. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know me, I don't do that yeah, at no. all. Yeah. I'm, I'm not into <laughs> that. No, but I, you know yeah. what I think is is uh, the takeaway from all this is Jelani Tavai, Brashad Perriman, uh, two guys we just mentioned. You know, these are these are household names for Detroit fans. It's not like everybody in in the NFL. I mean, maybe Brashad Perriman, but it's not like the NFL knows about these guys. But they are household names within the team. You, so for him, for for these guys to get cut, that means that the coaching staff is living by what they're preaching. In, in my mind, if you're not bringing it, if you're not doing the the process like they yeah. want you to, you're not safe. Just because you're Brashad Perriman, and you're expected to be the number one, number two wide receiver in this offense. Uh, if you're not cutting it, if you're not doing what you need to do, you're out. Yeah. And I, and I think it sends a message. I, am I happy about it? No, I, he's fast. So, I no, I kind of wanted him to use the speed. But Do you think Perryman gets picked up? Or Oh, yeah. I think yeah. he will. Um, 100% he will, yes. It might take a, a little bit, though. He's still one of those former first-round pick talents that will right. be in the league. Will People will take a chance on him. He had one good season with the with the Buccaneers. You want me to be done? I, no, I no. You're, I was I – was, you were just motioning. He was to signaling to me. I was no more about, questions. Yeah. <laughs> was there well, any other? Else, I, I got. Else? I got one from Micah. Geronimo Allison. Oh, they yeah. also dropped him. And then what are they doing with kickers? Because they dropped that's, Randy that's Bullock great, too. Yeah, right? they dropped both of their kickers. Yeah, this um, makes sense. But if you keep an eye on what happened with the Patriots, uh, Folk is that his name? Nick Folk. Yeah, their their longtime kicker. Or yeah. Uh, Quinn Nordine actually beat him out. Michigan kicker. Uh, wow. So Quinn he's could going not to get make one for his life here. You what? Quinn could not make a kick oh, at, Michigan at Michigan to save his life. Yeah, but man, that guy. Yeah, whatever. But I, I have a feeling <laughs> Folk is is gonna get gonna get the job in, in Detroit. 
it is time to introduce our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Sisley Arnold's Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sisley Arnold's Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. They obviously have a great selection of craft beer. They also have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. Siciliano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family, and it is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. So as you can see, we are on location. We are at Big Lake Brewing um, with head, or brewmaster, sorry. Some people say head brewer. Some people say brewmaster. What make? What's the difference between that? Is it just? I don't know. You don't know. You no, just wanted I, to blue, I was I told I could name my title instead of being like you know head broom pusher guy. I yeah. just went big. I think brewmaster is the <laughs> so perfect word for I would, that. I would definitely choose that. <laughs> it, yeah. It's more German. Yeah. So Zach, Zach Dreyer's with us today, and we're just gonna be drinking like a ton of their beers. It, so I, I don't remember what we're starting off with. Brian, do you remember what we have the can right there? So let's Mike start out explaining this, and then we could have yeah. uh, Zach jump in and tell us a little more about it. So what we're drinking is the uh, BLB 95 Cal Light Lager. Simple can, simple beer. Goes down easy, crushable, tastes good. What is that, 4%? Yep. 4%. And then what, what were the calories? You said 95? 95. Nice. So that, that's kind of your, your kind of go-to light beer, the Bush, Bush Light Drinkers, Miller Light Drinkers of the world. And, and then you guys wanted to take that, right? Do it better, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 almost more like the one step lighter than the than the you know Bud Light type of thing. I think they're running like one ten in four point two. This is more like uh, your Mick Ultra level. We wanted to to just see if we could, yeah, kind of a thing, and it turned out great. So we keep it around. We try to keep it, you know, pretty affordable. It's relatively affordable on draft, especially. So that's pretty cool, and I just love the way it turned out and. Now we get to try it against all the big guys and see how we stand. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And I think that's it's good because a lot of the the craft beer, I think, obviously, for the people that give it the shot, end up loving it. But you still get those stragglers that are like, no, nah, I'm not going to go away from my, my Miller Lite. I'm not going away from my, my light beer that they're used to. If you get them to try one of these, I'm sure it kind of changes their, their attitude about it. And then you start getting them to try other stuff, too. And it comes with an American flag. Oh, you got right. to so, love the American flag. Does that come on all the cans or just this one? Uh, it comes on most of them. Some of them are still labels from before we started doing that, you know, back back in the day. So uh, most of them from here on out. Excellent. Nice. Yeah, so right now that's what we're all going to – what we're all starting with. Um, throughout the interview, I think we're just going to be kind of um, just trying different beers, grading them on the spot if you guys are cool with that. Um, it's just kind of a, a different way to go. Um, but we also want to know what all of our listeners are drinking – and then we want to know your guys' grade at the end of the episode as well, if you're out there. Um, but, I mean, really, for, for what this beer is, I mean, it, it's perfect. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, do I like the hoppier beers? Of course I do. And those get the, the higher grades. But for what this is, like, this is exactly what I would be. I, I would love to have a nice light beer drunk off, off of this, something like this. Or light you're beer not buzz. Gonna, you're not going to end up with gut rot after you drink this. That's a nice thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to start with my grade here. If you guys are ready to do that, I'm going to go with nice seven, eight to start. It's a really, really smooth beer. Tastes great. And that's where I'm, I'm yeah, going. Yeah, you know what? That's kind of a perfect grade. 
Thanks, it, man. Because it's I'm, I'm going to go seven eight. Yes. Yeah. Let's go. No, I mean it. it it's so light, but it, I, you still get the flavor. It's, so not, Mikey, it's not just water, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mike, you, you can't you, go seven eight. You can't go seven well, eight. <laughs> you guys stole my. I'm sorry. My I, that, I'm setting the rule now. You can't copy seven point well, seven eight. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm upset because you stole my thunder. I was so going 7-7, seven, seven, so you embarrassed me to start. John, do you need the calculator to figure out the average of score of this one? <laughs> or are we all right with I think I got it. All right, so we're going to go 7-8 across the board. I think that's a good. You said 7-7. Seven, seven. Oh, sorry. Mike, you got 7-7. Seven, seven. So and now it feels Sometimes numbers dumb. are hard. 7-7 seven and seven is a different drink, my friend. I stopped, I stopped listening a long time ago to Mike. 7.7. Seven. <laughs> Drinking craft beer, having fun. And talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. So, yeah, we, like I've said probably twice now, we are at Big Lake Brewing production facility. And we are joined by Zach Dreyer, brewmaster. And we're going to get to know him a little bit, get to know everything we we need to know about Big Lake Brewing. Kind of how it started and, and how it's evolved. Um, I did pull up some, some stuff on um, that I wanted, to, I wanted to bring up. Obviously, they're in Holland, Michigan. You can find their beer all over the state or at restaurants in, brew, in their brew pub on 13 West 7th Street in Holland, Michigan. Uh, founded in 2009. Started as a brainchild of three engineers living in Holland. The home brewers uh, worked at perfecting their recipes one half barrel at a time. Eventually moved up to three barrel system in a pub with about 60 seats and have grown into what they are now, which we're going to kind of get into uh, with a 7,000-square-foot brewery with a full kitchen. Um, they built this brewery around quality, consistency, consistency, and passion for good beer. Live man, live with passion, love life, and dive in. I love the dive-in thing. You know, like, is that just like, you know where that all started, the dive-in part of the... Well, I think it was all the way back to the original... Um the original setup in the garage, home brewing. Um, then there were three owners long before me, but they wanted to keep everything local, very outdoorsy people. Um, so everything was themed around like Michigan. So it just kind of made sense to have a, a tagline that's simple that kind of fit with everything that we do here. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So you said long before you. So how long have you been uh, with Big Lake? I've been here since 2017. Okay. Yeah. And then wait, did we introduce Zach? Did I miss that part of it? I think I've introduced him twice now. Maybe. Oh, okay. Did I not? No, I'm, it might just be on me. Hi, I'm Zach. <laughs> That's Zach. Hey, Zach. Uh, this is Ryan. I don't know if we've ever introduced <laughs> him Ryan. either. You, have you been introduced yet? Um, no. No? All right, this nope. is Ryan, and nice that is Mike. Wow. <laughs> I did introduce you, right? Yeah, Ryan, right. Ryan's new here. Ryan's yeah. new. He's the rookie here. <laughs> uh, trying to figure out this freaking buzzing noise, man. <laughs> we are it's driving me crazy. Um, and we're not talking about the beers oh, either. Oh, sorry about that. No, it's good. It's a good pun. Um, so what kind of got you into the, the beer world? Well, I started drinking, uh, you know, I guess larger micro brews, you know, way back when I was right after I turned 21. Okay. And um, yeah, nobody drank before they were no, 21. No, no, obviously. Right after 21. Um, and I got, we, I got married, and my first uh, Christmas gift for my wife was a homebrew kit from Samuel Adams. Jim, Jim Cook himself had the uh, DVD and all that stuff, so we watched on the TV. Oh, and, really? Oh, yeah, it was great. So that's a little and different than even what the home brewers, like you can buy those kits at like Meyer and stuff, but this is right. probably a little. Yeah, this was, you know, guys, 13, 13, 14 years ago or something like yeah. that. So it wasn't quite as available as it as it uh, is now. 
Um, but yeah, she, she bought me that kit and I got started and, um, you know, kind of all tasted like crap and started getting better and better and just never, never lost the drive to keep improving. Yeah. Is there so. a particular beer that you like? So when your very, your very first beer that you brewed, obviously it was a Samuel Adams. Is it like a Boston lager? Like what, is there a specific even remember. recipe that they try to get you um, to? They, they gave me the equipment kit. I don't know if they even gave me the ingredients. Okay. So I might've had to do that at the homebrew shop, which, you know, your great sponsor Siciliano's, that's where I started Okay. going there. Yeah. Um, even way back when Katie was helping me, um, and now she buys my beer. Yeah, which is great. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah they awful. were a great resource, and they they got me on the right track with better information to keep improving, which kept me going. Yeah. So it didn't stay stagnant. When you started to brew, like, was there a particular beer that you wanted to go for, or like, was it like a stout, or um, like, I, was it? I IPA? made a like, how, how one of the work? first good beers I made was a stout. Um, I think that's just because it's a little easier. You know, you can get away with it. It's It's got a lot of flavors you can hide behind and that sort of thing. Um, so that kind of really piqued my interest. And then ever since then, it's always just been the next one. You know, people ask me what my favorite beer is. I always say the next one. And, and I don't mean like the next one in my glass, but the next one I'm trying to either create or, you know, I think master is probably a bad word because we keep learning, you know, new things about beer and the science of it. So just the next one that I want to make good enough for me yeah i think it's really cool um previously we've talked to to other brewers and stuff and they talk about the quality of the water being so important to the beer and how it it turns out in the end so i think what you just said about always trying like you can't really master it you're always trying to do something else with your beer that that probably comes down to like every single region you're trying to master the the water quality that you're getting right yeah that's uh, it's a lot to do with it I would almost say that the harder part is is mastering your water to change it to get what you want out of it. Um, but, you know, I say we, we have uh, new information all the time. When I started, we thought there could be upwards of 100 hop compounds, and now we have 400-plus documented, and we think there might be thousands. So even in wow, that amount wow. of time, we're <laughs> at tenfold of what we, what we thought we knew that we were all experts, you know, Founders, Bells, you know, Shorts, all these giant breweries were well underway. And we didn't even have a clue what was actually going on. You know, it, the Germans used to brew, and they didn't know yeast was an ingredient. <laughs> so, and they were the best in the world. So yeah. we're never we're never going to stop improving. No, that, that's awesome. So did you go right from home brewing to Big Lake, or was there a, a spot in between that kind of? Nope, no, nope, I went right right from home brewing to Big Big Lake. Um, I worked on a family farm, and uh, what we ended up doing is is uh, they gave their uh, uh, grain to a pig farm that that kind of ended up you know not coming consistently they needed a place to get rid of the grain so he was friends with a blueberry farmer that was our neighboring farm so they put us in touch and then we went over there and i'm like i like beer too i'm gonna talk to these guys we started taking their grain for our cows and then uh i started bringing bottles in and it was pretty good so then they ended up letting me brew a guest beer and it ended up being a top seller and then another guest beer same deal and then they offered me a part-time job, and then I eventually took this over. Man, that, that's really what, – what beer was it? So you the, like a, ta- a, a test beer, you said? Or? Yeah, the, f- the first beer was Batch 201. Okay. And it's kind of funny. It was, you know, it was supposed to be Batch 200 coming out of their original location, their original pub, and that was going to be kind of a milestone. But we were so awesome at scheduling that we missed it, and so we made it Batch 201 just to keep it that way. And it was a session IPA, a clean, okay. clear session IPA, which was pretty hot back then. Yeah, I I'm, I was today years old when I realized, like you get those batch, like they they name them batch 20, 200 or yep. all that kind of. Yep. 
first time it ever clicked that it was their 200th yep batch of yeah yeah and then you get like bells it's like you know 20 years ago they did batch 10,000 or something and i'm like holy crap that's a lot of beer yeah (laughs) that's that's pretty crazy um so at the brew pub how many guys how or how many beers you guys have on tap roughly at the same time uh we have 25 taps some of them get rotated out with a couple of ciders and a couple of um craft cocktails but for the most part it's 20 plus different actual beers okay and all the cans are there typically so um they'll even uh pour you right from the can if if you don't have the one you want on tap but it's there in the can yeah do you do you know so one thing that i love about you guys are are your cans and like your your labels your branding is, is awesome because you like it catches your eye and then it's also like i love how you guys connect so like you got the the deer beer and like what is it the the swing juice so it's like yep. it connects with people's um life you know what i mean and yeah, it exactly. catches their eye and they're gonna give it a shot um do you find like let's say deer beer for example gets a lot of sales for a specific time of a year but like if you don't have that can in front of you at a brew pub like it, the sales aren't as good or do you like I don't know if I'm how how do yeah, I like, asking this right? Like how is how is like, the label well, affect the sales? Yeah, like the, do you see can, well, the, certain cans do really good because of the label yes. that might not do as good at the brew pub? Uh, well, the brew pub is not the same as the the distribution market out in the out in the wild, so to speak, just because it's a different clientele. If you came to the brew pub and you wanted to try a bunch of stuff, you're automatically going to have a great time. You know, if you spend 16 bucks on a four pack and take it home and you're in a bad mood, the beer better be dang good. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's kind of that, that weird thing, but like deer beer and stuff, you know, we'll sell a crap ton of that up in the UP, you know, and going into the fall. But then when people actually buy it for the label, it'll actually be a decent beer, so then they'll go back and buy it again, Yeah, which is kind of what we're going for. We're trying to catch people with the label, but yet it's still actually a good beer. It's not a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And then do, do you guys – who does all of your labeling? Do you guys – Most of it comes from it uh, the salesman, Keith, who's in the back there, Okay, and me. Good job, you Keith. Know, we'll come up you. with ideas. His swing juice was his idea. Deer beer we kind of collabed on, but it's probably mostly his too. And then we, we get the idea of what we want. And then our labeling company has an artwork department where we work closely with. The guy okay. there is great. And he'll mock something up that we thought might look good. And then we'll tweak it and go from there. Or he'll make it look better. Yeah. Start but to main, finish. Mainly like, it's, it's all right here. Do you, you get know? that done pretty quick? Like start yeah. to finish with the label? Is it yeah, sometimes like a he'll have a, process, he'll have a mock-up in, a, in an afternoon. Yeah. Sometimes. And it I, all I, depends on how busy he is. That's really cool. Um, so obviously the... I feel like every brewery has like a different feel. What is the perception of you want Big Lake to have for for its customers? Well, that's interesting that you asked that because I had to come up with something kind of clever for that. But what I really think about it, which I had to, I wanted a a brewery that has quality mainstays. So you know you can go to any store. And this is the thing Budweiser has been doing for 30 years. You can go to any place in the whole world and it's going to taste the same. I want that. I want you to get the mainstays that we have anywhere you want to get them on draft in a can, and they're going to be what you expect. But then also I don't want to get too big and only do those where there's nothing new and exciting. So then we can do the small runs, the small batch stuff, experiment. You know, we we make the mainstays, and they go statewide to pay the bills, and they're great. And then we get the chance as brewers to do the fun stuff and experiment and learn and have a good time. Yeah. Uh, Which ones would you consider your, your mainstays? Uh, well, in the in the fall and winter, it's Haze and Blue and Sparty Party, but we run those out in the summertime. So it would be um, Camper, Cotton Candy, and Blood Orange. And okay. then we run Swing Juice, 
pretty much year round. We kind of see how the winter goes, yeah. but that's right up there too. Very cool. Um, you guys have any questions right now? Or I do. So, what's been the most challenging beer to brew? Well, let's kind of give you the most conniption. Usually, it's the next one because once <laughs> I figure it out, <laughs> right. it's it's like what we talked about before. Once it's figured out, it's figured out. You can you know I could just tell the guys how to do it, and they can just go do it, and I don't even have to be here. Right. But it's getting it to a point where we can make thousands of gallons and trust how it's going to come out every time. It's getting to that point. Sure. So what, that makes that, sense. what was that word you used? Conniption? Con- yeah. I've never heard that word before. Never heard conniption? I've never heard that word. That's a new word to really? me. I'm sure it means difficulty. Can you spell right? it? Is that the, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know I couldn't spell that word. You think I could spell that word? No, I don't think you could, could spell Could you spell it. that word? It's, no. It's <laughs> <my> <laughs> you were being so mean. You were hoping that I wasn't going to. I just didn't it. think you were going to ask that. Is yeah. my age showing or what? Do you know that word? Yeah, of course. Your it, age? It seems like that's something you'd say like, oh, my two-year-old was having a conniption. Yeah. Like that. Man. Is that right? Look, yeah, Keith is the oldest one here. He's nodding. So, yeah, I got it <laughs> you right. You might use it right. Like, I'm just I'm impressed. That was a big word for this podcast. I don't think we've ever. Or ever I still want to see him spell it. Yeah, right. that would be great, too. Let's let's see if, like, Facebook can auto. Uh, what is, you know how they do the oh, auto yeah, auto generated and captions. Stuff? Yeah, let's see yeah. if they can pick that one. So, up. after this, we got to film each one of us trying to spell this word <laughs> and then like, play it, like, overlay yeah, right now. Yeah. Cut out. That would play it. Like on Billy Madison, are <laughs> you going to the mall after this? <laughs> no, I am not going to the mall. Please continue. All right. But we're drinking right now Haze and Blue. We brought up Haze and Blue with, with a, kind of your late summer, early fall beer. And, I mean, perfect time for, for college football season. I mean, this is one Boom. of my go-tos. I, I, I will say, I think though. I, it's, I drink this almost every mission. Well, it's not, it's not only that it's uh, perfect for college football, but it's also really good. And I think that's really important that you guys got Sparty Party, Haze and Blue. Both of them are really good beers, mm-hmm. and that makes a difference in the sale because people want to get into the, the festivities that are going on. And not only that, but you also, I don't know, just made a great beer to, to go along with it. Yeah, I've noticed towards the end of the season it's easier to find Sparty Party than, than Haze and Blue. I feel like the Haze and Blue gets sold out <laughs> a little quicker. I don't know if that's <laughs> fandom or just that good, Couldn't like be. that much better of a beer. I, I'm not saying which one. Could not be. You're such a so turd. one thing you brought up, Blueberry Farms earlier. Blueberries in this is that are, is that related or is it just kind of a coincidence? It's the same same aspect. We're using real blueberries. It's like a puree thing that we buy so that we don't have to deal with uh, you know stems and bugs. And, okay. You know, putting bacteria and wild yeast in our beer. Um, so it's it's a it's a clean product that we can use, but it's real pureed blueberries. Hold on. Is this a trick on Sam? I think we were talking earlier that is this the same beer as Sparty Party, just a different label, no. and it tricks him into thinking no, he's No, this drinking. one has blueberries. The Sparty Party, I don't, I don't remember what's in the Sparty Party, um, but it's, that's more of like a, that's a heavier. Right. Like, right. I want to say like the Sparty Party is like a 7%. This no, is more I'm like a, a 6 I was just that, joking. No, I feel like you're being We could do that, though, because they are just <laughs> stickers on the cane. <laughs> right? We could switch them. <laughs> Sometimes I notice, like, do it to uh, him. I forget. Keith just walked into the other room. He's got something going. Oh boy, oh boy! It's not the same beer. They taste completely different. I know it's not the same. No, beer. we Don't we even... see online all the time. People are like, oh, it's just the uh, same beer. But you know what we did is we made a lighter, easier drinking, you know, beer with blueberries because obviously it's maize and blue. It's you know, it's kind of a shoe in. Yeah. And then the Sparty Party, I wanted to go a little bit more traditional. So that one we did bump it up to seven percent. We used a lot different malts. It's um. It's got malted oats. It's got Vienna. It's got Munich. It's got all this other stuff to kind of bring it up a level, um, and it's got different hops in it too. A whole different hopping schedule. It's basically, uh, you know, 
uh, a different beer that's kicked up a notch for those Sparty fans that really like to party. Huh. Yeah, for sure. One thing that's it's partying right now. I mean, the nice thing about this week is you got Sparty Party. You can drink that on Friday. Yep. Haze and Blue, you can drink that on Saturday. Saturday. You can drink Big Lake all weekend. Right. Then you can get that swing juice out, out on, the go- on the golf course on Sunday. Boom. See ya. It's the last Sunday without golf. Or, I mean, without NFL. So you might as well just take advantage of it on the golf course with some deer beer juice. coming up. And yeah, Deer Beer John's getting six midnight over there. We're thinking about Deer Beer. October first. So October first. October first. Yeah, I'm a bow hunter, so that's yeah, I get out man. early. So yeah. that's like a month from right. It's, yeah, because we're almost tomorrow, September first. So yeah, a so month. got it. Do see you honestly that, <laughs> see greater sales of that beer in the Lansing area? Well, I, or can you not say that here? We can. It it typically tends to be that way. Yeah. But it's weird. Like we'll have one store on one side of town. Of the same town, like Ann Arbor or Lansing, sure. In one store across the street from another store, will sell dramatically more of one or the other. Seriously, but if you take the entire state and average it, typically they're identical. We brewed the exact same number of batches last year as this year. That's pretty of, cool. Of each one, I should say. That's wild. That is pretty that's, awesome. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. We keep track of it at the pub too. We do tallies and each. You know, if you do a, a can, a flight, sampler, growler, buy a whole keg, they're all worth a certain amount of points, and they keep track of it. And it always tends to keg? blend. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> we we, hey. uh, we did. Andrew's not watching. <laughs> we uh, graded each one, didn't we? We did a we did. comparison we for each one of us. We have graded them, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember all of our grades, but I want to give it a, a grade this year. It's a new a new batch, right? For, so some, reason I, oh, for yeah. some reason, I think uh, Michigan fans kind of graded Haze and Blue, and then Sparty fans so great at Sparty. Friend Party. of the show, Jarrett, who who fills in here and there, uh, happiest podcast on earth. Um, he is a Sparty fan, more of a Sparty fan than a Michigan fan, but he great. He gave the the Haze and Blue a better grade. Yeah, you're right. I don't he remember did. what the grades were, but um, I'm a, I'm gonna Mike. I want you to start off today oh. with, with your with your Haze and Blue grade. Okay. Um, what what is this percentage of this one? Uh, six for the Haze and Blue. Okay, so I, I nailed that, didn't I? I said six. Oh, I just heard me. seven. I'm, I'm only paying attention to well, what you I, say about Sparty. I, I, think I, did the, I think I nailed <laughs> both of them. We'll just, we'll just pretend that I did not check the tape. Right, John? Okay. So what else is in this beer as far as flavors go besides blueberries? Or is it just blueberries and then the hops? Yeah, it's, it's got uh, you know regular base malt. It's got some weed in it for some body. Citra Mosaic and Simcoe, which is your typical okay. citrusy, fruity, you know, New England IPA-style hops. And then the blueberries added. It's relatively simple. Like I said, we wanted to kick it up with with the Sparty, um, but the most expensive product in beer is the fruit. So we took some of that budget out of the Haze and Blue to make the Sparty party, and then we used a lot more malts and hops in that one. So okay. they're just two different things. It's fun to see online. When you a have a New like England um, IPA with, like, different flavors and stuff, do you kind of have your base, and then you, s- you just add a twist to each one? Yeah, we, we can change the malts and how they work together, just like you can change the hops or, you know, any ingredient, even down to, like, cooking and stuff like that. So we can use, you know, there's flaked oats, there's malted oats, there's raw oats, same with wheat. Um, you can do corn, you know, you can go with German malts, U.S. malts, all that stuff. So you can really play and change it. It's not something that most people go like, oh, yeah, this is uh, definitely this kind of oat instead of this. Yeah. But you can just build a perception where that beer might taste a little cleaner or a little fuller, or a little creamier, or a little sharper, you know, that kind of thing. It's more just less blending where the beer's trying to go. All right. All right, Micah. Okay. Pressure's on here. Oh, pressure's on big time. Okay, I'm going to go with an 8.4. What, did he beat you? What'd you no, go? That's exactly what I was thinking, but I'm going to change it. You were full of it. No, no that's exactly you where, I was, where, you, where are you going? I'm going to 8.2. 
then I'm going to go right in the middle and go 8-3. Because this is a gr- I, I love this beer. Yeah, it's, it's really... Seriously it's seriously one of my favorites. I love the fruitiness. Easy drink. But it's not like overpowering fruit. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you can, can get, still you can drink it right out of the can at yeah. a tailgate. It's not like you got to yep. sit there and you know post a YouTube review of it. You can just drink the thing. Yeah, yeah. and that's exactly. exactly what it's there for. But so if I you want to like post a YouTube review of it... Go for it. Do it. it. Like we're doing right now. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, all right. Get ba- getting back to a little more, more, yeah, more questions for you here. <laughs> um, what microbrewery um, brewer stereotype do you hate the most? Uh, well, I think the two are the uh, the beards and the flannel. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, because <laughs> that oh, that was favorite. never my thing. <laughs> I, I go to some breweries, and I went to one up north. Guy must have been right before COVID hit, and the brewer shift got out. And like five guys came in in full Carhartts and boots and two foot beards and Carhartt knit hats and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, it's like 78 outside. <laughs> and they Sada. weren't in the cooler. That's just the look, you know. Yeah. So I, I try to depart from that a little bit, I guess. You mean it's you know? together, right? Like beards with the flannel? Because yeah, I got a beard, you got a beard. Well, the, you know, this, this would get awkward. Beard. Yeah, this doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I can't reasonable. grow up much longer it's without a like beard. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think the beard actually comes with the flannel, doesn't it? Yeah, it That's, might. It's yeah. just like one piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween's coming up. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And we were at uh, what, what was the the festival we were at this weekend, Micah? Burning Foot. Yes, we were at Burning Foot, and you know, I, I went. In, that was my first time into at like any craft beer festival, and I I, I wasn't sure what to expect. And there was just there was everybody. You know what I mean? It wasn't young people. It wasn't old people. Like it was just a big old. What do they call it? Like a soup? Not a soup. Yeah. Not a soup. A soup isn't like a. What is the? A, oh, a melting a melting pot? pot. Oh, there you go. Thank you. This guy's Thank quicker you. than me. Yeah, a melting pot a of just so pot. many different people. Yeah. And it, was, it was actually really cool. Uh, have you have you guys ever done that? A melting pot? Or yeah. just like uh, we, we did Burning Foot a couple years back, but okay. um, I'm actually going to the UP Beer Fest uh, second weekend in September. Oh, if anybody wants to check us out up what? there. Yeah. We, Where's awesome. that? It's in Marquette. It's the best festival that there is. Is it? But that's right flannels and beards. You guys getting the Superior A's out there? No. No? No. You guys we, done with that? That would have been a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're actually going to bring it back, but we're going to probably keep it pub only this time. Okay. Um, it's actually on the schedule to be brewed this month. Well, it's not quite September yet, so next yeah. month. So nice. yeah, it's gonna I, be fun. I like that beer. We did that once. Would that's how a long ago was it that we did the the Big Lake specific? That was we, last you guys year, gave man. us a bunch of beer. Yeah, and it was awesome. I think that was that was part of the the episode. Was it? Yeah. It was even over a year ago. That, that's crazy. No, that was that was honestly one of the most fun episodes we've ever had. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, you guys but, took care of us. That was great. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have a favorite style yeah. of beer to brew and a favorite style of beer to drink? Um, well, it depends. Are we talking, uh, craft or domestics? I would say craft. Craft? Craft. Craft. Let's go craft. Um, personally, I really like the beers that are tough to get perfect. So typically right now I'm kind of into the, the lighter side of Belgian beers. So the ones that give you conniptions? No. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Can you spell it, Micah? No. You can't use it unless you can spell it. There you Q- go. I like that. <laughs> Which is like half of the words for me. So I've got to just stop talking. <laughs> All right. So that you said the Yeah, the lighter, lighter Belgian stuff, not the, not the sours, not barrel age, not the, you know, the quads and doubles, the dark stuff. But we made a Belgian triple 
which just sat and aged beautifully in a can. It was can conditioned. I started playing around with that a little bit, which is a lot of fun. What does that mean? I've never heard that before. So we don't carbonate the beer um, in the bright tanks like we normally would. What we end up doing is we end up adding some um, some sugar to the entire tank and then packaging it all and then let it sit warm. And the yeast that's still in solution eats up that extra sugar and produces CO2. Okay. So it's a bunch of math and a bunch of trial and error to get it perfect because if you overfill your cans by a few grams, it's going to change your CO2 level. Um, and the other thing that's nice is um, a Belgian beer typically will be like three volumes of CO2, but you can't even run that through a canner. Okay. So now we can get a higher carbed, like, you know, you ever see those Belgian beers where they pour in the perfect glass and there's like two and a half inches ahead on it and just stays there yeah. for 20 minutes. That is what I'm going for. Okay. But you can't do it through a normal production system unless you can condition. And that might be what you were getting at with conniptions is I just had to (laughs) do some trial and error and get it right and learn from the amounts of sugar. You know, you can't do the same amount in a keg that you can in a can. So you basically have to do the whole tank one way. Okay. So you're real limited. But I got it pretty much dialed, and the Belgian wit we did out in distribution was freaking awesome. Yeah. And the the shelf life is 10 years now, too. Oh, because really? it referments in the can, so there's no oxygen, there's no bacteria, there's no nothing. So, so What's what are you conditioning? Are you conditioning the tank or the can? The can. So all we do With is we what? add the nitrogen. No, no, just that sugar. So just letting it sit warm, so that yeast can can come back to life, can you know come out of its dormant stage. Then it will eat the sugar and produce the CO2 and carbonate the beer for you. So we literally just let a pallet sit right there for four weeks. Wow. Until we could test it and find out it was right where we wanted to do before we released it. Man, Which beer so is interesting? This? We did a traditional Belgian wit, no, no fancy name or nothing. Oh, that's what it's called. That's what it's called. Huh? Perfect. There yep. you go. So, do you have a most overrated? Wait, hold on. I want to stay style? on what, that. You last keep, okay, one. keep going. Keep going. So, uh, what do you what do you use to fill the can? Then, do you have a specific? Uh, yeah, we we can mechanism? use our normal canner. Um, our normal machine that runs, you know, we run 60 cases. What kind a, of pump is an it? Hour. Well, we run CO2. Oh, we okay. force CO2 okay. into the tank. Pressure. Get a certain amount of pressure. Yep. Is and then we can run it right valve? through. Yeah, it's a solenoid valve. Oh, nice. Yep. Okay. All right, I'm yep. done. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to let you take over. I mean, this is your podcast now, right? We can get mechanical <laughs> if you guys want to. <laughs> well, I guess has got one. I was just oh, thinking, like, got, how... Uh, I don't think that's the actual beer. It's just the uh, the label we created for it. Let's show the camera. People that are watching, I mean, is it out in stores yet? It it's probably gone. Oh, is it? Uh, okay, I think so we did it last. Yeah, it's probably been like sixteen. What a, what 14, a label though! That, that can I love it. Cool. Yeah, I wanted to keep it traditional. Yeah. Uh, even have the directions on how to pour it on the side. Okay, yeah, um, I see that. Similar M43 to like does a, that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they do it too because they have sediment from being in New England. But this is more geared towards some of the traditional um, Belgian wit beers, where because it's can conditioned, the yeast creates its own sediment and then it drops down. And that is the flavor, because most of the flavor from a Belgian beer comes from the yeast. So now huh. you want to rouse that and get it in your glass. Otherwise, it's going to taste way too clean and sharp and not full and fruity and yeah. Belgian-y. Okay, so step three, when it says swirl the can, are, are you talking just like a quick swirl, or are you, like, you looking? I get after it a little bit, because yeah. usually I, I pour most of it out, you know, maybe like seven-eighths of the can. So you can huh. really get after that bottom bit and then dump it right on top, and it creates your nice little foamy head in your glass and you're good to go that good to is know. interesting uh, yeah. last question i have or at least regarding this yeah. is uh um have you been to belgium nope 
Is it on your bucket list? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah. So not your last question. Hey, that no, Ryan wanted. Start over. He just lied to all of our. Let me know when you're going. Let me know when you're going. I'll go with you. Yeah, yeah. we got. I, I'm still involved in some of our homebrew local homebrew club stuff, and there's a couple of guys that want to go, and I, I want to go so bad. We were. I, I'm pretty sure we were within a year of going about 2019. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, who knows what's going to happen now? Yeah. So do you have a, a most overrated? Beer style? Yeah, I think uh, in the last couple of years it would have been Brutes, the okay. Brute IPA thing. Yeah. They can be good. Like we talk Old Nation. I really like their B43. I love that but beer. But don't call it a Brute. It's just a good IPA. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's clean and dry, but that's how it's supposed to be. It's a clear IPA. Okay. It's delicious, but the whole, you know, working with enzymes and all that crap is just, I think it was a brewer-driven style. Okay. And... I think that's the only one left that you can buy. So obviously, it wasn't a consumer-driven style at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other one. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say the hops. They did a, a brew when Eric was still there. Do you know Eric? Oh yeah. Um, yep. Who moved on to Perrin? Yep. Um, he did the. It was yeah. Like what brew? It was like the. Um, it was for, the holiday that's by Andrea's birthday, Valentine's Day. It was for a Valentine's Day special. They had like yep. in like the. You just got a glimpse into like Sam's mind. Yes, yes, that is how awful my mind works. Yeah, hope she's uh, not listening. <laughs> no, but no, they that had one, one that was holiday. actually pretty good too, though. It was like a rosé brew, I think. Um, oh sure. That they did, which oh. was which was awesome. But yeah, yes. I mean, I think about a little over a year ago, I went through a little brute phase where I drank probably two or three of them in a row, and I, I really liked them for a bit. But yeah, what about but, now though? I, I think no. I, wh- I feel like <laughs> exactly. I, did, I feel like I did one recently. I don't know if it was just like a, I was just sipping on one or if I, yeah, I don't remember. But I know I drank one within the last. I know exactly three which weeks. one it is. Which one was it? Dry PA. The dry PA from Grayline. Is oh, that I a brew? That a, that I don't think they consider it a brew, but it probably. I didn't know it's, it's what, along the same lines of a yeah, brew. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. And my, er, that's good Ryan, beer. you drank that last week. Yeah, episode, that's good beer. Right? Yep, I, I really enjoyed that one. What do you think about the, the sour craze? That's kind of not well, as big as the New England craze, I don't think, yet. It, but it's it weird. To be I like to split them into two parts because there's, there's a big sour craze of like the four or sub four percent, you know, kettle sour or fake sour where they're just a little lactic acid and, you know, to balance the pH and add a little fruit and that kind of thing. A lot of gozes are that way. Yeah. Um, and those are great, and they sell, you know, they're 12-ounce, running 12-pack, 15-pack, and they're cheap, and they sell great summer beers. But the other side of it is, you know, buying a 750 bomber of a of a sour that either blows up on the shelf or is so tart nobody can drink it, and you got to find six of your friends, and you don't finish the bottle, and it costs you 30 bucks. Yeah. I think those are something that's probably not going to be around forever. Um, but I think the session sour is probably a thing that's going to stick around for a while. We'll okay. have to see. What do you think about Arvon Sours? And I, sorry, if you don't have to answer that, if you don't want to like talk about another brewery, no, I, I'm Arvon um, is one of my one of my favorite breweries. Is it okay? Yeah, it's probably my it, yeah. top my top three or four in yeah. Michigan right now. Yeah, I love them. Uh, their sours are are kind of in the middle where they're not necessarily light in sessionable and in a fifteen pack, but they're not super tart and they use a lot of fruit to get their tartness and to balance it. Um, and it's it's almost like 
almost dessert like if that if that can be a thing where it's yeah. not just a white clear yeah. super vinegary acidic 100%, yeah you know liquid in fact i every time i go there i gotta buy a mixed four pack for my wife and then she lets me try them all yeah <laughs> no i we're we're a big fan of their sours we've done yeah. a couple episodes on location there uh we have a good relationship with them and just i don't know they, they do some they I, do some cool things i think they do it differently than than the than sour craze though yeah yeah right exactly yeah. and that's what yeah. makes it good okay but i i can't go there without trying all the new englands and then all the stouts yeah yeah, I'm a big I, fan of the stouts. They do, they do good. Yeah, people that love stouts seem to really like their, yeah. their stouts. I'm not a big stout guy, so that's probably why I don't kind of jump. You're a in small on that. stout guy. Yeah, you're a small stout. Yeah, guy. you're <laughs> undersized <laughs> stout guy. <laughs> Session stout. All right, guys. Stout, let's, let's stout nice. junior. Let's be nice about size I, around here. I love Arvon's IPAs too. Yeah, yeah. even their 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 du- doubles like are a smoother Easy. double to yeah. drink. But then you kn- yeah you you know it. Before you go to bed. But you guys have doubles, don't you? Yeah. How many doubles do you have? Uh, well, we've, we've done a number of them, but out at any given time. Okay. A, a few, Okay. probably. All right. This is one of them, actually, that Keith just brought in. Oh, this is a double? Yeah, this is our Hydra Haze. Hydra Haze. Oh, is that the one that's up there? Yep. Mike has been I don't think Mike has taken his eyes off that palette, so I'm glad that you gave him that. Otherwise, he was going to steal that whole palette of beer. No, no, no. no. Okay, listen. You, he was going to try to fit that in my We're, van. I know you guys can't see it, but we're looking at a ton of different cans from them, and I, I've only seen about half of these, and there's one I'm really excited to talk about later for probably in a couple months here or in a month, whenever it comes out. But that is definitely one of the cans, this one right here, that I've had my eye on. Yeah, this is really cool. That We talked about labels and stuff. Yeah. Um, that logo is the logo for the hop called Hydra. And it was designed by the guy who actually bred that hop. Really? So he let us use that logo. That's really and cool. And then uh, we, you know, Keith and I and the, and the label guy that we work with came up with kind of the um, coloring scheme. And we worked through a few different labels. This one is the silver. But we have, like, if you can see up there, it looks a little bit more mirrored-like. Yeah. Like. Yep. Um, so we've tried a few different things there, but... There's a there's a cool story there on the on the street I live on actually is where the hop plants are bred and then sold to farms. So oh, that sweet. guy who grows them and designed that logo is on my street. Really? And then he sold those hops to a farm up in Free Soil, Michigan, where I deer hunt. That's where uh, my then, wife's family's from. And then uh, he was the only farm up until this year, I think that that has them in the ground. So we contract bought a ton of them from him and dry hop the crap out of this beer with hydra and then he actually came down a couple weeks ago i think it was when we brewed this batch and he dry hopped it with his own hops which is kind of cool that is really ah, so cool. it's, it's kind a of cool a local story. thing but still a you know still it's a big double ipa big double dry hopped new england so yeah it's still fun so you brought up our you brought up arvin as like a top four brewery yeah so this sounds like you you put some thought into some of your favorites outside of big lake what, what oh, yeah. are some of your kind of go-tos when you don't want to be at work, but you want to have a nice craft beer from a, a local brewery? Don't give them too much credit, though. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Rising tide floats all boats or <laughs> whatever the hell conniption that is. Sounds awesome. I like it. Um, conniption. <laughs> Can you spell it? Can you spell it? No. No. I think it starts with a Q. I heard that earlier. Oh, it really? Does. Yeah, I was going to say K. So I would have been off right away. I was going to start with a C. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you, you're all wrong. But, Micah, you hit, you hit the nail on the head there. Huh? 
Good job. You got one letter. You got one. <laughs> yeah. co- it was his word of the day calendar. I'll, of I'll, course get, I'll give you the origin and I'll use it in a sentence, but that's all I got, man. <laughs> spelling bee carries on. Let's have a few nice. more beers before we try to spell something like that. What was it, my question? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, your favorite bre- other yeah. breweries. Um, <laughs> well, I'm still involved with the homebrew community, like I said, and most of my most of my long term buddies are from there. So we still brew tour all the time, like like I'm still a home brewer because they all are, and I like to see what everybody else is doing. So not that long ago, we, you know, we went um, down to Kalamazoo and toured our way back up. Went to Wax Wings, stopped at a you know uh, tra- uh, territorial, okay. which is mostly lagers. So I really like them. That's a lot of fun. Um, used to hang out with those guys at the festivals, and we could do that, you know. So hopefully Where, they'll be up in there. Where's that at? That's like, it's between Kalamazoo and Battle Creek. Okay. Um, All right. I used to know where their old location was a lot better, and then I wasn't driving. And the GPS took us to a new building, and I was like, "This is new." And they're like, "Yeah, we got a new building." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I couldn't even tell you where that is, but it's in the same area. Yeah. Um, I like those guys a lot just because you're not going to find a big stout, you're not going to find a, a hazy IPA or double dry hopped or anything, but the beers are great. Um, food's good too. Wax Wings is kind of my sort of favorite right now. They're super small, especially during COVID. They were doing all pre-order, you know, We've curbside stuff. I took the Harley down yeah. with a backpack and bought a couple four packs and took it back. We up have here. done one of their beers, and I think it was a collab with Arvon. Actually, it was. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah they I don't remember was what like three months ago or something. Which beer it was though? I, I don't remember the name was of better. it. Yeah. Wax Wings was. Yeah, yeah. They they did two beers. They did one where. Wax Wings was the That's right. priority so, yeah. yep, over right. Arvon, and then Arvon did one with them, but they each had their own style on it. Yeah, right. right. And, it, and they yep. used 131 as as their uh, their logo. That's right. Yeah. So, what yeah. do you recommend getting from Wax Wings? Well, it's to me, it's so hard that they they don't have the same thing on every time I've ever been there. You know, they're the beer's great. They sell out of it. So if you can go there, usually they have a labyrinth. You know, whatever number they're on now, kind of a thing. Um, one of the best. I ever had was an imperial chocolate stout with hazelnut that was great couldn't buy enough of that stuff um but usually i would just go for anything new england wise and it's it's kind of cool how they do it they don't tell you what malts they don't tell you the hops they don't tell you much of anything about it you just got to try it and see if you like it and i kind of like that because i haven't been disappointed okay you know if if you're going to be that brewery's like i ain't going to tell you nothing about it and then it sucks well i'm never going to go there again (laughs) but i keep going back when we go to kalamazoo so that must say something not so bad yeah, real real quick before we kind of keep going, we we gotta move on to we gotta grade our Sparty party, and then let's look, can we introduce can we, this Hydra? A little yeah, bit can more? we get to Hydra because um, huge fan already. Just saying. All right, well, real awesome. quick, let's let's just throw out grades of the Sparty party. Obviously, it's a good beer, not as good as Hazen Blue, just like in football. Um, <laughs> seven eight. <laughs> I'm just doing. It. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just listen, throwing a number another out. Another seven eight. I disagree with you. Whoa! I di- whoa, You can't disagree with me. I'm, Check his hat. Check his shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who is What's this under guy? here? Can't see his hat. He's got the sunglasses um, on. He wears the sunglasses at night. Oh, this is 100%. A good, this is a really good beer. The, this beer is a hell of a lot better than what I think I probably graded it last time. I'm definitely going to Nate Five with this one. Yeah, I love this. It is a good beer. I just it's awesome. Not a sparty. So I'm. Uh, what what did I go for the last one? Eight two. I don't remember. I'm going eight two. John, you, do you know? You know why? Because it's the same beer, different label. It's not ah. the same. They're ah. different beers than the than the Hazen Blue. No, no, no. They're completely different beers. No, I promise. You're such a rat. Do you have an untapped account? <laughs> there, there are no blueberries in this. I am are there just blueberries kidding. in this? Just no. Just so everybody Boom. knows, I am I am kidding about that. But I'm gonna give it an eight point two. I think they're both this really guy. good beers. My. This guy. But right. I, I'm I want to get to the Hydra because we talked a little bit about it. 
did, did we miss anything about this? So we talked about the label. But let's talk about what, what's in the Hydra real quick. The Hydra, is, it's, it's one of those, like I was saying earlier, we can manipulate the beer based on what's in it for the grain ingredients, even though they're not going to shine because you're really hammering it with hops. So this is a little bit different uh, grain bill than both the Hazen Blue and the Sparty Party, just to try to add some creaminess and body without it being too heavy and or too sweet and then the hops are uh the only two hops in it are hydra and some citra and all the hydra is in the dry hop okay so it's basically just a dash of citra in the whirlpool just to you know balance everything out but it's really simple it's just quality ingredients through and through there's no magic there's no secret sauce it's just Great setup from tip to tail and great quality ingredients. So, so, so oh. <laughs> where can we find this as far as distribution goes? Uh, I don't think that one's set up in most chain stores, so you got to okay. find that in independent accounts. Okay. Um, possibly some D&W and Family Fair. Sicilianos? Would Sicilianos have it? They should, and if they don't, I'm going to have to text Katie. Yeah. Katie's got it. Katie's got it. They, I'm sure she's got it. We've kept she it probably, in They stock. probably kept it off the shelf so they could just buy it themselves, right? <laughs> I'm sure they do that. I would do that. <laughs> uh, it's been in stock most of the summer, so it should be available if the account wants to pick it up. Okay. Um, and we're just going to kind of see how it goes. We're, we're through our contract for this year for buying those hops. So if people like it, I'll, I'll either buy, you know, the same or more next year, and we'll do the same thing all over again. All right. So this is a 8.6%er. Yep. That's too much for me if I'm driving home. I, I'm I'm gonna pour yours into mine. Pretty <laughs> Do soon it. Here. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty I don't need sure that much your vehicle is out there, not mine. So yeah, I got. Yeah, you're the one that poured this. This is not my fault. So you're hey, driving you my van. You did. Yeah. To the parking lot. I'm about to steal some of his. <laughs> we'll figure out to, from there. I I have, <laughs> I have kind of a question that um we do I don't not know. condone drinking and driving. We're just joking. <laughs> is uh hold on. Just, just let me take this over. All right. So uh, that's why I'm not on camera. I don't I don't know why <laughs> I like double um IPA so much. But for me, a double is like the easiest thing to drink usually. It has the perfect balance yeah, of agree. flavor and just like how smooth it is. And it's not like trying too hard. It's not trying too little. I don't, I don't know. It's like the perfect balance for me. But every time I say that I like a double, people, people give me this reaction of like, whoa, like that's heavy. Yeah, you must like to get drunk. Well, yeah, but, I think but they doubles get are not scared. heavy to me. I think they get scared because it's coming from on the fence or disliking IPAs type of people because they think oh well i already know how hoppy an ipa is and you're doing a double like yeah that must really really like feel heavy and go down kind of hard but it doesn't it's smoother no well it's it's all on how it's brewed so if we got super stoner too is the complete opposite of this where all the hops most of the hops are in the boil it's all isomerized alpha acids it's very bitter it's of course almost a little caramelly from the color it's it's totally different where this almost all the hops are in the in the uh, fermenter as a dry hop so they're not heated so the acids don't change over into you know the IBUs that make it bitter so it doesn't taste too bitter if you if you go down to 6% like the hazen blue you know you can't add that much malt cuz it's going to create higher alcohol or if it doesn't ferment out it's going to be too sweet and it's going to be like eating oatmeal so that's not good either And if you put too much hops in the boil, it's going to be too bitter. So the double dry hopped double IPAs, especially if they're New England's and the IBUs are low, they really shine well without being too much of anything. Very smooth. And because you can add more hops and more grain together, they kind of blend perfectly into this surprisingly easy to drink beer. 
I, I agree with that 100%. Surprisingly, yeah, easy to drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad no, you brought I, that up because that's, that's the 100% correct point. Yeah, and I think people that, like you said, that, would, that are just kind of okay with the IPAs probably wouldn't even try a double. Right, they'd and be they're scared missing of it. And they'd probably, yeah. they'd probably end up liking it a little, even, a little more, like, like Grimes. Yeah, understand. they should, yeah. Um, so do you have any uh, favorite dom- uh, domestic beer that you, that you like? I've, I well, mean, it seems like everybody has Let's one, get right? a drum roll. All right, you want me to do well, this? Here we go. This, this is really I, I always love this are you part. Ready? I are love you ready? asking these well, guys. Are, are you guys want to, like, or guess we, or anything? Or, you know, like, well, I already know. I think they pets. know it, too. It's on the sheet. Uh, I, I could guess. I mean, read. I mean, guess. <laughs> All right. Drum roll. Coors Light. Oh, he's a Coors guy. Oh, Coors. That's Big Drew was a Coors guy too, right? Yeah, he yeah. was. I feel yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Do you think that's like a – is there a reason for that or is it just kind yeah, of – Yeah, there is. Obviously there is. Um, I just asked like no. six questions <laughs> yeah. in like one. Like, no, you actually didn't ask a question. <laughs> With me, there's a story for every answer. <laughs> you just said words. That's all. <laughs> well, We got there. I, you know, trying to get better at home brewing, you know, way back in the day, I would do blind taste tests every weekend with my buddies. And Coors Light was always top on my priority. Bud Light, too sweet. Uh, Miller was too bitter. They use hop extract. They don't use real hops. That's why they can put it in a clear bottle. So that shines through when you're doing blind taste tests. Bush Light just tastes like shit. So all that stuff. <laughs> but John's but anyway, so He's going to walk out. He's driving. Does, no, no. <laughs> that that kind of steered me a little bit, too. And then... Um, we, went, we would go to Denver for the Great American Beer Festival and stuff like that, my wife and I and friends of mine before I was a pro brewer, and we went up to Golden and toured the um, Coors facility and just had a blast. So, obviously, experiences, you know, like I said, going to the pub, yeah. yep. experiences are going to make the beer taste better. We were getting it right from the tap. Um, we did that again with Keith and, and uh, our current owner, Travis. We did the same thing when we went down to CBC in Denver and just had a riot. And I actually almost would prefer the Coors Banquet over the Coors Light, except you can't just buy a box of Banquet and go camping. Yeah. It's just a little much. So What's Banquet? It's their, oh, like, yeah. it's like their, it's like their cre- Coors it's like Heavy. Their yeah, Coors Heavy. Okay. creamy color, right? But it's like Bud Heavy, but Coors makes it. It's, it's that Got it. Yeah, creamy can, and it's, yeah. it's, it's heavy. It's even heavy for you know, Budweiser What's standards. the percentage on something like that? Especially, you know, especially when, you're, when you're out in the mountains in Colorado. That's yeah. what I did. I, we stayed in Jefferson. Stayed in Golden for two nights, but I bought the Coors Banquet to drink up at the Jeez. Airbnb. Two, yeah. two of those. The altitude. Make, make the altitude. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Living two, life. Two of those I was falling over. Like, yeah. it, was, uh, it was insane. It's so. very cost effective. Yep. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Thanksgiving, Coors Banquet. Coors right? Banquet. Well, no, we got to go with the high life for Grandpa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we always well, go high Coors life. Coors Banquet for dessert. Yeah? Yeah. Dessert my, my grandpa beer. Grandpa, do, he doesn't drink a whole lot, but... I, I I started a tradition that I bring him High Life every Thanksgiving, and he brings you Mountain Dew, and he brings Mountain Dew. Yeah. Oh, my great grandpa used <laughs> to do the same thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> did, did he put it in the fridge or did he drink it warm by any chance? He would do it in the fridge. Would he? Yeah, my grandpa's yeah. warm. Like he just keeps it warm. It's well, the Mountain Dew or the, the or the High Life. The Mountain Dew. Okay, that's weird. Well, my yeah. <laughs> so yes, they would keep Wait, did it he in do the, the High Life. They in would the, in no, no. Okay. <laughs> they would do it in the garage. But then I hated warm Mountain Dew, so they would put it in every time in the fridge. Every time we would come over for you yeah. know Thanksgiving or Christmas or whoever's birthday or whatever it was. Yeah, they always had to be like, and there was like four cans in the <laughs> fridge. I'm like, what are we gonna do in an hour? <laughs> right, you know, <laughs> pretty sure. Um, so then, is there a particular uh, brewery or or beer that kind of turned you on to the 
to craft beer. Obviously, you brought up the the Samuel Adams thing with yeah. the, the home brew kit. Yeah. Well, back back when I finally got to drink an age and I could go out and try new stuff, um, I realized I didn't have to drink you know boxes of you know Natty Light or whatever just to just to feel something. I wanted yeah. something with flavor. So then. The two big companies at the time that were doing sample packs, so I didn't have to buy a six-pack of bottles of a beer I didn't know if I would like, was Lining Kugels and Sam Adams. So I'd buy those 12-pack, I think they were 12-pack of bottles, and they would have four varieties, three each. And the Sam Adams always had Boston Lager, and I liked that, so that was fine. And the Lining Kugels, they would do the winter one with the creamy dark and all that stuff. So I really got to... It wasn't that I, I liked any of them over any other one. It was just realizing what was out there. I never knew what a red was besides, you know, Killian's until Lining Kugels had one. Okay. Same with a stout. That was creamy dark. Um, cherry wheat. I didn't really think putting fruit in beer while Sam Adams had cherry wheat. So that was a good way, you know, being a young person who didn't really know what was out there to try different things and to experience other flavors. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, Lina Kugels is all lagers, so that's cool. And then they would do Hellas and Kolsch and all that stuff. And it, it just kind of went from there. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Cherry Wheat is the first craft beer that I actually liked. If you could call it that. Walker Roadhouse? Yeah. And like <laughs> they would they would have it on tap. They would actually put like cherries at the bottom, oh, pour yeah. a little syrup yeah. in it from the, the, the jar. Syrup. And it was Sorry. good. It was really good. Line of Kugels is good stuff. Though. One of, I, I one of my like good that. friends, Mac, he got so hammered off of Samuel Adams. I think he had like eight in one one day at one of my dad's concert. Oh my, like he was puking all oh. over. The, like I mean, I feel like oh, it's the kind awful. of the first turn on to craft beer. At least in for me, like I don't remember <laughs> all of these massive. <laughs> Craft breweries and six to midnight. What, what are you even talking about? I remember the. F- I remember the <laughs> first craft beer that actually turned me on to craft beer. What was it? It was Frangelic Ale from Founders. I, the, the first time I walked in Founders, that I mean, it's it's kind of intimidating. Overwhelming. You, oh yeah, yeah. If, if, if you're if this is like your first, you right know, line? like I'm so confused. This, if this is your first time at like a big brewery like that. You walk in and there's seemingly like probably two dozen different beers to pick from, and you're going, I don't know. I just, I, I, I said one to the to the the bar staff, you know, like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. And they handed me this glass, and it was so dark. I put it up to the light, could not see the light through the glass, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I got myself into, but I paid for it, and I'm going to drink it. And it was so good. And that was the beer. That's awesome. Yeah, what that, a beer to, to start, man. That's no joke. Oh, yeah. It was, it was unreal. So my, my last real, real question for you here is, is, I mean, Founders and Bells is kind of the, I don't know, the measuring stick, if you will. But sure. it's, in a lot of ways, it, it seems loft, like a lofty goal, goal at some point. Basically, what, I, what my question for you is, and I'm going to try to get to it quick because Ryan's staring at me, and I feel like I'm going to ask so many I'm going to say so many words just to get to this stupid question. You're, you're, you're on your Am way I there. already blowing yeah, it? Yeah, you're doing it. Yeah. Jaws. <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> Should I have Jaws myself? Jaws. Do it. Anyways, what what is your measuring stick? Like, what do you want Big Lake to be? Obviously, we talked about you, like, you what wanna you want. You want to know what we want to be modeled after. Just yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Boy, Kyle would have you're a amazing. heyday with you right Whatever, now. Whatever, guys. Just, just let him answer the question. All right. It's like a quarter of the words. Great question that I just <laughs> threw out. 
It was a great question. I think I nailed it. You guys are just being mean. You're still talking. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> if if I you know could have a crystal ball and you know all the power in the world to do whatever I wanted. I think I'd like to sit right between that big regional brewery and the Uber local, um, you know, non-distributed pub. So maybe like right in between odd side or new Holland and wax wings where we don't have to go out of the state. Um, we also can distribute so that we can get people to come to our pub because they can buy the beer at the store. It's kind of a nice little hybrid where we have this production facility where I can work out here away from the restaurant atmosphere and all the people and we can kind of do whatever we want with really only three guys here that are full time in actually doing the production work. So that's kind of nice, but we can pump out a lot of beer and we can get it into people's hands out in the market. Not everybody's going to drive to Holland. You know, we have a, we have a great following in the UP. Not a lot of those people are coming down here, but they can still enjoy our beer. But also if you're traveling up to the Holland from Chicago or whatever, the pub is a great spot to go and we can have that local, real high quality restaurant destination as well. So I kind of like that, that hybrid situation we have now. And I think that's a great way to stay. How cool is that feeling that you have youper support? And it sounds like a lot of it. It's, it's great. And I don't know how it happened. It's, it it might be something as simple as, you know, a couple of uh, our, our distributor employees really liked us that are up there or something, but I've always liked the UP. I've gone up there every year since I was a kid. That's my festival basically the one that i run is the up beer fest in the fall so even last year when it got canceled we kept our house and we went up there anyway you know we did the airbnb or whatever and we just went up there anyway you know who cares good for you guys just for a weekend drive yeah, almost eight awesome. hours who cares so we, we love it up there and, and maybe that translates somehow and into the people up there are you looking to sell your house because ryan's looking to buy <laughs> I, I want a property up in the up that's like one of my one of my goals in life I, I think that that's a good goal because just about anywhere up there. We, we used to go to Drummond Island every year, too, and it's like, man, we should get a house up there. There's an Drummond amazing Island. property on <laughs> Drummond Island for like 160 right now. There you go. Hey. Right on the water, but, it, but I mean, it's Speaking fantastic. Jaws, it's fantastic. We can just cut the <laughs> sports later, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, so one thing that we like to do, um, everybody kind of does the Mount Rushmore, their favorite four things, right? Like. What's that one that Can makes? You just expand on that. Anyways, <laughs> the the banana boat. We do the banana boat instead. Which oh. why don't uh, you use a bunch of words to explain it? Is in reference to the the famous uh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James banana boat picture. That Mellow. Yeah. Chris pretty Paul. much the Los Angeles Lakers are on the the banana boat. Now. Yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so we we like to to um get Gabriel, people's four, four favorite <laughs> teams or athletes, or we do it we, through anything. We do like potato chips sometimes so it's kind of weird but uh it's just what we do what we wanted you to do is give us your banana boat of your four favorite uh teams sports teams sports teams yeah and then we're going to try to use that in eight guesses pick your four favorite athletes all right i like it does that sound good sounds good to me all right so tell us no particular order your four favorite sports teams well i'm gonna go from uh my favorite to my least favorite because that, that just seems could, that sounds like a easy, Kyle move, but right? that, that works great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to just start off with the the only winning team, and that's Green Bay Packers. No! Let's go. Well, that's funny. Let's go. It's funny they they put you both at the same end of the table. 
right next <laughs> to each right. other. They're able to high five and everything. Yeah. Well, at, at least we know may probably two of his favorite athletes, but we'll just well. <laughs> that just circles it in right there. But anyways, all right. So the Packers. Oh yeah, you know, um, my second one would probably be Michigan State. Oh, okay. oh. Which I don't really watch. It's just you know, being on the farm, we'd work with their agri- agriculture <coughs> department all the time. So that was a shoe in. My uncle at the farm went there, and you know, that's how your ties are born, I guess. How do you, how do you take back a high five? Uh, <coughs> I don't know. High five yourself. <laughs> that looks the, weird. I'm not yeah, doing yeah, it. It's not good. Yeah, don't do it. All right, three. Well, three. Um, you know, now we're getting kind of deep. You know, I you know I I watch, I watch pro football. You know, said. so my buddies can come over and drink and stuff. But I would say it's going to be the Dolphins. Oh, that's yeah. a, out of really? Field, yeah. Well, we watched the Dolphins last year, and my kid, my my three year old at the time, really liked the logo. So there you go. It is a neat like combination of colors if yeah. you think about it. And green, he can pick it out on the screen yeah. as the things are going by in the bottom, and I'm like, that's pretty good. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. His <laughs> magic. There we go. On that one football team now. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, what is, where is magic? On matter. the football team. Washington. Is he, oh, that's right. He is yeah, on yeah. the football I team. I mean, the District of Columbia. The football team. I still think of, uh, I still think of um, what, what are the movies with Jim Carrey for uh, the, oh, Ace the Ventura. Dolphins? I still think of Ace Ventura with, with, with the everybody, dolphins. anybody Laces says out. Dolphins. Laces, Laces out. out. Laces out. Dan. <laughs> All right. Number four. Number four would be the Florida Gators. Oh, oh Jarrett. Yeah. Jarrett. Hello. Michigan State and Florida. Well, my uh, great uncle lives down there, and, and he was uh, a longtime employee of that college and his wife. So oh, that makes cool. sense. It's, you know, I, I can't say that I've ever watched oh, a game, but. No. You know. The cameras that just decide to. It's <laughs> yeah, my it was definitely it <laughs> the camera. Next, next is your mic. Mine's still <laughs> yeah, up. It's about to fall. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we'll just keep it rolling. Just Hello. hold it. Just hold Hello. it, Keith. Hello. You got it, John. <laughs> All right, so oh, we Keep see a theme here. Two right Michigan, there. two Florida. Interesting. Okay. All right, so do you have them in your head at least for your four favorite athletes? Uh, sure. Okay. I'll just yay or nay them. All right, right? so I think – so this is just us now talking. Favre has got to be number Brett one. Favre. Right? Wait, ho- Brett Favre. Okay, hold on. How old are you? Don't does say that. Matter? It kind of does matter. Don't say that. Well, I don't I think it know. matters. Oh, there, oh, there's no eras of, like – Athletes? No, you're not allowed to ask that question. It's like, what do you think about religion oh and gosh. politics? You might as well ask how much I weigh. <laughs> oh. Come on, man. Oh, Come on. Jeez. Okay. I'm 34, no, by the way. For the record, you're 34? <laughs> yeah. All right. Because so he asked a very good question. That's very relevant. Brett Thank Favre. You. So Favre Brett Favre. fits. Yes. So Favre is definitely Clearly. one of your favorite athletes of all time. I started watching uh, football like four years ago. Oh, so he's not. What? So it's got to be right. No, my then. brother was a huge Favre fanboy, and I hated him because my brother <laughs> liked him. And Rodgers came along, and I was on board. All right, so Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so go. Right. One for two. We got one. All right, we're two guesses in. We got, <laughs> All right, so, oh, man, this could man. be tough. Yikes. You're not big on, on sports, you said, right? I'm, I'm I, saying I watch football every weekend, but okay. usually it's because we have buddies over. It's not like I'm, you know. I'm I do, saying, I do uh, fantasy. I'm saying Donald Driver is out. Greg Jennings is out. All <laughs> yeah. those guys. Yeah, uh, I don't think they Four fit. years removed. They don't. Ooh, actually, I have. What? If you guys uh, can't guess, I got some that I can just tell you because they're kind of weird. They're, they're a little bit. So we have zero shot of okay. getting this. Hold on. Also, can, oh, Lang, are they within the Lang? teams? Who's Lang? No. Offensive lineman. TJ Lang? TJ Lang. Think, <laughs> TJ Lang? Think uh, New Orleans Saints. <laughs> I should have put them up higher. Oh, Drew Brees. He's, yeah, he's, he's cool. Drew Brees? Yeah, he's w- fine. 
He's is, not, he's is not he, on your list. Yeah, though. like one of the four. Yeah, oh, he's great. He's married. He doesn't play anymore. Oh, Alvin Kamara. I like Alvin. Yeah, he's not even on it. No, what? he's yeah. He he'd probably be in there. Michael right. Michael Thomas. He's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like watching him. Wait, this is getting weird. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Can Apparently, just, I only know a lot just, about one little tiny bit <laughs> of a thing. All right, so it's hold not on, Peyton. Okay. What, hold, what, hold on. What is that? Aaron Rodgers. New quarterback. Uh, uh, Kamara? New quarterback? Is that what we're doing? Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Kamara. So okay. we got Kamara. Kamara, Rodgers. There's two Kamara. more I'm thinking of ahead of time. I'm not going to throw any players? more curveballs at you. Yeah. All right, so we're sticking to football. Yeah. Uh, you see how I just snuck that in there? Two more are from the Saints, but one is retired, and I don't know if the other one is on the Saints anymore. Oh. Well, Drew Brees is what? retired. Drew Brees, but not he him. said it's not him. No, okay. it's not he him. said it's not Drew Brees. Jeremy Shockey? No. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Why can no I not come up with Deuce Saints name? Deuce Saley? Deuce McAllister? Or Deuce Saley? No. McAllister. Right? You talking what? about the guy that blocked the punt and re- returned it for a touchdown? No, man. That's what I'm getting at. Running back. It was a running back? No, uh, fullback. Fullback. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where's Drew McCarthy? Last year was his last year. Or the out. year before was last year. What? What year? I think the year before last was his last year. Fullback. I'm, I'm out. Saints. No and fullback. Uh, Vikings before that. All right. Let's just let's just get on. I'm gonna need you race. I'm gonna need we race failed. and This is our name. first time failing. Well, my my uh, fourth is probably Ingram because he oh, was gonna say a couple oh, years ago yeah. was for the Saints, right? Yeah. Yep. He's from Michigan, actually. I didn't uh, even know that. Ravens, yeah. He's a Raven. Yeah, he's with the Ravens. Yeah, yeah he is. But he's from Michigan. He moved so he's down less cool now. to Dang, Florida. Man. Actually, yeah. He might. Is he still a Raven? I don't know if he's still a Raven. How did we miss Ingram? I I was gonna I say his name. He was with New Orleans forever. I was he gonna was. say his name. By the way, just is it broken. Okay. Just hold it. Um. Smile so my uh, okay. my fourth whatever. Now the order's kind of all weird. I guess nobody no, meets Aaron Rodgers. So good. maybe he would be second. It's all good. Is Zach Line? Who? Who? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> He Why? was the fullback for the Vikings and then moved to the Saints, and then he was uh, Kamara's main blocker like to get in the end zone. Nobody oh would know God. who he is. So why do you like him? Why okay. do you like these guys? He was Hold my on. neighbor. <clears throat> oh, was he really? Yeah, he what? bought the house behind me, That's and cool. he would come over and party in my barn in the off season. All right. <laughs> and then he'd be partying in my barn, and we'd get a call, and he's like, oh, Alvin's calling me. And he's like, no way. He answers, and I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, me and Ingram are in uh, Minneapolis, and you used to play here, right? So where's the best strip clubs around? <laughs> so he's like, I don't know, man. I never did that. I got a wife and kids and all that stuff. <laughs> so I, I'm like sitting wait, in my wait. barn just like glowing, and they don't even have a clue. Okay, you know? Zach what? <laughs> Line. Line. L-I-N-E. Adam. Adam or something. Can you at somebody? Is that Z A C H? Yeah. Now, okay. now he's uh, Oxford High School, I believe. Coach. Oh, really? Now on the other side of the state. Good for him. So, yeah, he retired. All right. No, yeah. that, that's awesome, Zach. Re- we really appreciate you having us here, and it was great to get to know you. Great yeah. to get to know a little more about um, Big Lake. You can stick around. We're gonna get into our, our Michigan preview here shortly. Um, but I did want to thank you. I mean, really. Just yeah, really. really appreciate thank you. you guys having yeah. us here. Thanks for coming. Um, and we'll we'll kind of keep this thing rolling. We could Perfect. honestly just keep talking. Follow. Oh, you what? wanted what do you, you want wanted to, to start something? Uh, we do need to grade a beer. So All right, I let's don't grade. Know let's why grade one doing more that. beer. Yeah. let's grade one more beer here. Yeah, man. This is a very good beer. You were right. <laughs> Hydra Haze. This beer is double awesome. Hazy IPA, or it actually says Hazy Double IPA. Uh, I'm gonna go so with an eight seven. 
Ooh. This has been my favorite so far. So very good beer. Right Easily now, my favorite. Right now, Big Lake is kind of like working us up right here because this is the best beer of the night so far by a long shot. This beer is phenomenal. Not even close in my mind. Actually, well, you where, are, where are you at with grade? I, I'm going eight nine. Like this <laughs> to me? No, I'm I'm not even I'm not seriously. Just because we're here, I'm not giving it a good grade. I yep. this is right up my alley. This is perfect. This is like the flavor that I'm looking for. The easy smooth drinking that i'm looking for and and it's it's the perfect mix of of both of those i guess really i mean it's as simple as that it, it's not a specific flavor it's not a fruit it's not anything else it's if you want beer this is the flavor i'm looking for <laughs> i could not agree more with ryan go find this can somewhere i and a go wicked, to wicked your can. local beer shop don't go to meyer meyer's not Myers. Myers, not at the Myers. Don't go to Meyer. Don't go to Walmart. You're not going to find it there. Go support your local beer distributor, Hydra Hayes. Yeah. This beer is is well deserving of every 8.9 I'm giving it. E- e- are you doing 8.9? 100%. I, I already chose that before you even said it. Nice. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. Before we get into the Michigan preview, we do want to uh, talk about what, what we're drinking next. So, that is the Super Stoner IPA, which is uh, 9% ABV, so I'll just take a little splash of that. Super Stoner. That is... Ooh, look at that color, too. That's got a nice little color to it. Can you tell us a little bit about this one? Yeah, this is a, a little bit of a departure from the Hydra, like I was saying earlier. Um, it uses more traditional West Coast-style... Um, Malt bill, not all the oats and wheat and all that sort of thing. It's got a little more color to it. It's obviously filtered clear. Um, it's got a lot more IBUs, like way more IBUs. Definitely taste that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of brewed in the traditional West Coast sense, but then what I wanted to do is kind of make it a little bit more, you know, up, up to today's beer drinker, which is typically more hazy IPA focused. So I took a hop that's usually um, used in hazy IPAs, the Idaho Number no. 7, and this is a cryo version, which is frozen, and then they only take the good bits out of it. So it's about twice as strong and expensive as normal hops. So I brewed this uh, this big you know West Coast style IPA, and then just dumped a crap ton of this new cryo Idaho Seven that you would probably use in a New England in there to kind of make it you know citrusy and fruity as well as have that bitter backbone of a clear west coast ipa and, and that cryo that that's like minus 70 minus 80 degrees celsius i'm not sure the exact temperature that they do it because they make every hot producer has their own name there's hash there's cryo there's you know right. you know different extracts and different things like that so uh, this is their brand i'm not sure exactly how cr- they do cryo is cold man the, the, it's cold. Yeah. The IBUs yeah. definitely hit you from going from the um, hydro that we did. If sure. you smell this, the yeah. smell is, is uh, so much different from the double we just did. Very, very good. But we do want to jump right into so our Michigan preview. And we're, we're going to move through this uh, fairly quick. But uh, Michigan finished the season 2-4 and four, uh, before pretty much canceling due to the COVID, the COVID situation. Uh, they lost to, to rival Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Penn State and only had wins against Minnesota and Rutgers. It was pretty much the, the type of season Harbaugh haters love and lovers hate um, because it was ugly. It was, it was not pretty. It could have been worse as well um, if they kept on playing. 
It led to several coaching changes in philosophy, including a new defense. Uh, Don Brown has moved on to Arizona. And Mike McDonald, 34-year-old NFL assistant from the Ravens, uh, who will be bringing in the 3-4 defense. Uh, Josh, Josh Gaddis returns as the OC, um, but they did shake up some position coaches, including bringing in Michigan legend Mike Hart. Uh, but the name people care about right now is Harbaugh and how the staff and scheme transitions will affect his job. Um, it's a weird time for, for him to bring in a new staff because it, it, it almost feels like his leash was about as short as possible. Um, I don't think we need to get into our, our feelings about Harbaugh, whether we like him or hate him, if no, he's going to survive the year or anything like that. Not yet. We have plenty of football season to get into. We have literally every week from here yeah. on to but talk But what about we want to do is start previewing. We want to preview the offense, and per usual, it's going to start with the quarterback. The quarterback, um, a new one, another new quarterback. I mean, just write it into gravestone at this point. Bring up the next one. Um, Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara has gotten the, the, the job. Um, and, I mean – I don't know. I mean, people, people, I feel like. Don't harp on it. I feel awful for him because I feel like he's under an enormous amount of pressure. He's under a massive shadow already. Yep. At least I feel like that's the perception. I'm not sure that's technically the case yet. It should not be the reality. It shouldn't be. Who's shadow? Because J.J. McCarthy. And I feel like I, I look at this, this, this guy as he's going to be the new Stafford to the state of Michigan because Half the people are going to be wanting to move on and not give him his due diligence when he does have good football games and he's making good throws and he's a good quarterback because they want the next guy already. And the other half is going to be like, hey, I mean, reasonable. And be like, no, he had a good game. He's good. Let's let it ride. And if they want to bring in J.J. McCarthy, eventually like, we'll we'll be okay with that. But I feel like it's just you already have – that division, and I hate that for this kid. I Ooh. hate that for this team, <clears throat> and I, I don't know. That's that's where I want to start the conversation. Um, but Ryan, I test or whatever I was just saying. If you want to jump in, I mean, what do you think about Cade? I, I, I think uh, he, I think he's a true quarterback. I, I think he sees the field. He's not afraid to make the the right throw at the right time. He he doesn't second guess himself as he's throwing the ball down the field. I think he's what Michigan needs right now. I really do. Micah. What? Is your mic off? Oh, yeah. No, your mic's on. No, it, it's on. Really? Yeah, he just turned down your mic or, or your uh, headphones. I saw it. Oh. And then, and then he took off. Okay. <laughs> so I don't hear anything. No, you're good, bro. No, this you're is, good. You got uh, it. We got you. Sorry. <clears throat> All right, I'll take over. So, no, no, no. Thing. From what Michigan needs, I think, is the key. And I think what Harbaugh said, and look, and this is coach speak, It's there's a lot of good things being said about this guy. But I think what we're seeing is the first true quarterback, true leader, combination of skill and leadership um, that we haven't seen since Rudock. And I think that might be a little bit maybe unfair to Cade because I think he's got more talent than Rudock ever had. I agree. But the leadership side that Rudock had is what made him great for University of Michigan. Right, right. Um, and I, I'm really, really excited for, for what we got. What, what's going on? Did we lose your mic? Uh, Allegedly. Something Do you hear else. my mic? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, what, perfect. What's going on? Uh, right? I, I guess the video's cutting in and out. 
quite yeah. a bit. So right. I don't know what's going on. Well, at least we, we, we get the podcast still recording. Yeah, yeah. we apologize yep. for that. It yeah. is what it is. You guys can handle us, though. Um, it, it's know, really about Michigan, right? Kid yeah, McMahon. here we go. So got some quotes from Harbaugh. The biggest one, consistency of doing his job. Um, Harbaugh said on, at Monday's news conference explaining how McNamara has taken his game to another level. Also call it a talent of making everyone else better around you, um, or around you better, I should say. Um, maybe that is the most important <laughs> job of a quarterback. He really knows his assignments, great work ethic, and just the unselfishness is pr- probably the biggest thing that sticks out about his relationship, the desire to get the ball to playmakers and make people around him better, including the offensive line. Yeah. That's what I want to hear yeah. when it comes to being a Michigan quarterback. 100%. And you know what? I think from the eye test as well from last year, we all saw that. We saw the difference of Joe Milton in there and then going to Cade McNamara. And we saw, oh, wait, that's what a quarterback is supposed to what look a like. leader. And it, it was leadership. It, it was. It wasn't arm talent. It wasn't well, scrambling. It was mixed. It, it was yeah. It was those things plus confidence. Yeah. Plus uh, teammate confidence, making yeah. everybody around him a little bit better. You, and you I could see it so – it was night and day difference. Early, early. Yeah. And, and that was the frustrating part about last year is all the fans knew it. Jim Harbaugh did not know that. It, it almost came off and as – It almost came off as a comfort to the teammates. You know, things kind of got a little more relaxed, maybe a little bit more fun. But then there, there was some confidence being instilled into those teammates of theirs. Yeah, it, it was, it was, a, it was a different, it was a different sense on the field. And I'm not gonna be the the one to say Cat, uh, Cade McNamara is going to bring Michigan into uh, Final Four playoff or anything like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not calling for that. Nope. What I'm saying is this is a different feeling than the last couple, three, four years maybe. And I feel like there's the way Jim Harbaugh talked about this being consistent and doing his job and really winning over his teammates. That's how I feel about Cade McNamara from last year. I I haven't seen him this year. Yeah, he's just limited. The the biggest thing with with Cade is, yeah, like you said, he's not going to automatically make them Big Ten title contenders. He's not making them um, anything to that caliber. No, No reason for us to say that. But he's not going to be the one that holds them back from that if and when it strikes fire and everything else is, is good around them. I'm not saying they're ever they're not close to that this year. Right. We'll get into the schedule game later and you, I'm sure we'll we'll be a little more honest. Like but he's not the one that's gonna hold them back. Like I think we no. ran into with Peters, we ran into with the guy between Rudock and Peters who, who was Spate. That? Spate. Well, Spate. Where it just it just wasn't Blech. it wasn't good. It wasn't good no. enough no. and yet they still they won had games. pretty solid teams that could have been closer to contenders, if that's the right word. But y- yeah, and, and you—they were quarterback you, away from from being in the final. You, you yeah. tend to find out through reports because we we don't live there. We don't know what goes on there behind closed doors. Is a lot of off-field stuff, and I don't. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't see a lot of reports of off-field differences with Cade right now. Patterson, he was spending a lot more time on the golf course you know, factually than some other things. And then Wilton Spade, he was kind of just living it up, you know, living the living the high life as a big brand Michigan quarterback. And really the last time we saw someone dedicated to his craft was Jake Rudock. Yeah. 
And well, that was the first year of Jim Harbaugh well, at Michigan. He's a quarterback. And I'd love to I'd yep. love to bring this up is JJ McCarthy is obviously what we hope to be the future of, of U of M Correct. football, right? Yep. This is he's a true freshman this year. And I don't think it's fair to put that on him. Even if he might be the better arm talent, he might be the better uh, long-term talent and, and vision sure. for this team. Yep. But I, I personally do not want to put that pressure on. I want him to earn it maybe mid-season. Like if McNamara is not giving uh, what he should, what we all expect to U of M, then then JJ McCarthy might come in, and now he's in a really good spot where he's coming in and and being the hero. And, and he can win the fan base over from the beginning. There's no expectations up front. And if you look at some of these games early, like it, it's not going to be the easiest thing no, it's really not. for U of M to establish themselves. Um, yeah, I, I don't need to go much further than that, but I'm just – McNamara, I'm, I'm, I am excited about him. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to this offense. I'm looking forward to the way he conducts himself on the field. And I think the difference between him and Joe Milton from last year is going to be a huge, stark difference. It's going to be completely opposite. Instead of hanging him, hanging his head, he's going to be the guy that's going to be ready to go out and prove himself the next time. And that proving yourself mentality is exactly what U of M needs right now. So moving on to the offensive line, Harbaugh did not name a starting offensive line um, when he was at the podium yesterday, um, but says that they have as many as eight players they consider starters up front. Concerning comments... In my opinion, um, how does I that make you feel? I, I I don't like that. I, I, I okay. I like competition, especially in the college game. Yes, but for the offensive line, I am not a big fan of competition because it's a unit, and I don't want Correct. guys coming in and out. I don't want there to be <laughs> rotation. Rotation. I want there to be a com- camaraderie. 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 <laughs> Can't even say it when you guys spell say it. For it. Me. Rotary. Nope. <laughs> um, but anyways, I did find a projection that said uh, the starters will be Ryan Hayes. He's obviously going to be the left tackle. There's no yes. question yep. about that. Uh, Trevor Keegan at left guard. Andrew Vestardis. Vestardis. Vestardis at center. Um, there's also been people saying that Zach Zinter Zinter might move he, over to center. He, and he he'll kind of switch he spots can to the move left guard. Zach right Zinter's yep. been center. Now he's playing guard. Is that true? I don't think that's yeah, true. He's played, yes. he's played center. Yeah, he, he oh. can move around the okay. line. That's All what right. I was saying. Yeah. Andrew Stuber at uh, right tackle. Which is a familiar yep. name again. Yep. yep. Um, backups does, doesn't need to really get too worried about it. Zinner um, and Hayes have NFL in their future. Very good offense linemen, good bodies. Um, Got to love that. I, I want to bring this to kind of the forefront. Is, is out of these five players you just uh, mentioned as the projected starters – Ryan Hayes, Andrew Vistardis, Zach Zinner, and Andrew Stuber are all previous starters. Mm-hmm. Like they have Correct. a lot of time on the offensive line. Uh, it was, Trevor, Trevor it wasn't Keegan, pretty at the time, at times. Uh, here and there, there, yeah, here and there. Yeah. yeah, but they were also playing with a quarterback that couldn't make a decision. And, and I will, you guys know this at Good this point. point. I am a firm believer of a quarterback is very, very capable of making an offensive line look really bad or really good and and Tom Brady's a good example of that he can make a court, uh, an offensive line look really good because he doesn't let anybody sack him he throws the ball he, mm-hmm. he gets rid of it he spikes it whatever throws right. it over somebody's head head and then makes the next good play other quarterbacks where it turns into turnovers because they can't make a good decision those offensive linemen look a lot worse because it turns into impact plays that makes sense 
Yep. Um, I think the biggest key is here is it sounds like they're comfortable with their depth, but can they become elite? And that's very important, especially once you start getting into the weapons. And I think that starts with the, with the running game. So many things are going to hinge on this line. Where, where the do you line think, has to be so, good. So, I mean, from what it sounds like, it sounds like one of the deepest position groups uh, uh, on the field. I think the wide receivers could make a case, but let's start with the, with the, with the running backs. Hassan Haskins returns, um, who has 997 yards on 182 carries. Uh, it's a 5.5 average. Um, he's 6'1", 220. He's a senior. That I mean, could be kind of your old-school power-ish back. I don't think he's necessarily a power back, but he's not your lightning speed back either. So he's kind of the I, – I know it's a – He's unique. I, I've got a lot of feelings about, yeah, all right, about what this you, guy. What you, yeah, go for it. I, I think he has – when you say the word unique, that's a perfect word. I think he has a unique ability to make people miss and to, and to move his hips. So, so linebackers and safeties and cornerbacks, when they're coming up on him, they, he just sheds tackles, and he's always been able yep. to do that. And that's been the difference between him and, and Zach Charbonnet. Who yep. left, yep. and that's been the difference between him and everybody else in the running back room. Really, his he is has a unique ability to make people miss. He he, Shed he's tackles. kind of built like a slender um, linebacker, and he may have actually been recruited as a linebacker. He and was, it, and it, was he? He was. Okay, yeah. he was a linebacker and that, first and converted to that running back. Just bizarre that at, right now he is the forefront star. Of that running back corpse, but Blake Corum is right on his tail, and he's going to split time with so, Blake. So Blake is that lightning guy. He's a little faster, speedier, but he's faster. also smaller in stature. Oh, he he is he's, almost he is kind of like Thomas Rawls, but faster, like a Mike Hart, but faster. Yeah, yeah. he is like a Darren fast. Sproles, but bigger. You could say because. Yeah, he's Jack. Like a Mark Ingram, but if, not. If anybody's paid attention to him, <laughs> to his yeah, his weird. transition of his body, which sounds a little weird, but from last year to this year, he is jacked. He's put on a lot of muscle. Yes, he did. He he's been doing a lot. And Mike Hart is actually comparing him to himself to Mike Hart, so it's a valid uh, comparison there. But for not the reasons of their style of running, but rather their ra- their uh, their commitment to the game of football. Correct. And, and their work ethic. Then you bring in Edwards. The, the oh. five star, the the, the prize yeah. of the 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 recruiting class this year. Kid special. I mean, we we heard that before with with what's uh, the great ease coming out of the East Grand Rapids and he stuff. Was. He was. He tore his ACL. I, I want to see it, man. Donovan I mean, Edwards is going it, to be different. So I mean, he, basically, people say he simply he has to get involved in this offense. They, there's no reason to keep him out. He's going to get his touches. Oh yeah. Where will be interesting. And how they utilize him will be interesting because I don't want to necessarily say take away carries from um, Haskins if you're going to make Haskins that bell cow that he has the ability to become. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't right. want the, okay, this is Edwards' drive. This is Haskins' drive. I don't want that. Just like an offensive line, I think a running back needs to get in a groove and needs to be consistent. I'm a little nervous about that, but don't get me wrong. I want to see this guy. I, I want to see him on the field, and you have to keep him on well, the field, otherwise he's going to jump you, ship. You you know how interesting this could be if you if you honestly got all three of these guys out there, you put Haskins and Corum in the backfield, and then you put Donovan Edwards in the slot, <laughs> along with the wide receivers that we'll talk about in a little bit here. 
things could get very interesting. I will because say because Donovan Edwards is not your your <clears throat> downhill type of running back. He is a do it all athlete where his where he shines is running back, and he's just he's going to be that good if they use him properly. He reminds me of Adrian Peterson, and, and I'm not saying that it is the downhill running back like seeking contact. I'm, I'm just thinking of like tall upright running upright runner that that is a, a really dynamic athlete that can hit a hole as fast as he possibly can and make mm-hmm. really good cuts up the field and, yep. and i and that's that's the best comparison i can i can you know draw from the top of my head i sure. guess but i also think with those three guys that we just mentioned those could be the three top targets or athletes that we want to get involved in this offense and that's not taken away from the wide receiver group because i think they're very capable i'm just thinking the 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 running back group is full yeah no i i think let's let's keep on moving i I really like the speed we're going here um wide receivers ronnie bell cornelius johnson uh dalen baldwin and mike sandestrill are the starters projected starters aj henning roman wilson Andrew Anthony and Christian Dixon are, are considered backups uh, with 74 receptions the past two seasons, including a team high uh, 402 yards last season. Bell is the top target for this offense. Uh, while he can play on the outside, um, he's best attacking the middle. Uh, it feels like they're going to maybe exp- – He's the safety net. He's the safety net, but it, he's a great safety net to have. Yeah, he is. That guy became so valuable to this team um, in so many ways – but I don't even think he's the guy that's going to lead this team in, in receiving. Do you really? guys? I, I look at as Johnson, man. I, I Cornelius really, Johnson has an NFL-type body. And so does Baldwin, too. So yeah, Baldwin, real, real quick about Baldwin. He went yeah. to Jackson State. Um, he was out of Farmington Hills, Michigan. Uh, he went to yeah Jackson State to play for Deion Sanders. Didn't put up, like, gaudy numbers by any means. Prime but um, he fits the mold of an NFL guy. Like, and I th- they're, they're basically mirror images of each other. Baldwin and, and Johnson, they're both 6'3", and, you know, decent enough speed. But the wide receiver body that is intriguing that I think could be beneficial if we have the right quarterback. Our NFL body wide receivers were absolutely garbage with the quarterbacks we had. They couldn't throw accurate down the field. Can Cade do that? Will be interesting. I'm confident that they can, but talk a little bit about these wide receivers. <laughs> I, I I don't think you're necessarily um, overlooking Sanders still on purpose, but do not forget about Mike Sanders still. Kid, the kid's special. I agree. He's got good hands. He he does well after the catch. I mean, I, I don't have his yak numbers in front of me, but um, do not forget about Mike. He doesn't have issues dropping the ball or no. anything like that. Yeah. No. I, I think a guy like Cornelius Johnson, though, is a great example of what we want Michigan to get back to. This is Correct. a junior who's now ready for the spotlight. Right, and he doesn't need to be the the flashy five star All American freshman to take the world by storm. And I'll be a, you know, like a, um, I don't know, like an NFL prospect right off the bat. Yes, we want him coming in and doing his job, learning how to get open, and then using his athletic ability later in life. <laughs> two years, yeah, right. so later in right. life, but as a junior, which makes a big difference from these eighteen year old kids coming in, and now. I guess like showing his dominance over younger or equal athletes than than himself. Right. And that's what Michigan used to be. It used to be a pipeline for these kind of guys to come in and shine as a junior and senior and win 
uh, the Big Ten right. or, or compete for the Big Ten and be those guys to be an all-conference type of athlete. And, and the more we can get back to that, the better. Cornelius Johnson is that to me. And I think he will thrive in an offense where – Cade McNamara wants to throw the ball down the field. And, and let's say Cade doesn't even work out. JJ is going to throw the ball down the field. Oh, yeah. These guys are going to get their opportunities. It's different from last year's offense under Joe Millen. It's different than even, even the last few years where these guys could not throw the ball accurately down the field. It was more of a West Coast style. We have two quarterbacks it's that can throw the ball 10, 15, 20, 25 yards down with the field. touch. Accurately. Accurate is the key, I think. Not to say yeah. that our because offense is going to. Millen could make any throw on the book. Right, but he couldn't do it accurately. He right. couldn't. And he, he couldn't, couldn't decide. He, he could throw so seventy yards down the field, but he didn't know what to do with his arm. So okay, listen. Maybe we don't have. Listen, I don't think any college team out there has four all stars lining up on the outside. It's not happening. Well, I'm okay? sure Alabama and okay. Ohio State does, okay. but <laughs> the exceptions. <laughs> I would love to be in that case. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> talking depth, I. I do honestly believe with with the names that we're looking at here with A.J. Henning, Roman Wilson, Andrew Anthony, who was out of Lansing, which I love because he didn't go with Sparty. He went with Blue and Christian Dixon out of California. Listen, the the depth here is I, w- I wouldn't say it's ridiculous because we don't know what we have, but it's yeah. it's really good. It's very solid. So, you know, you say you have a, a Dale and Baldwin or – a Sander still that goes down with an injury, I have confidence in all the world that one of these four are going to fill that gap just fine. A.J. Henning, Gatorade Player of the Year, coming out of uh, Illinois. And I remember um, J.J. McCarthy playing against him. And so they, they built a relationship, built a good chemistry here in camp, and we'll see where it takes them. And Roman Wilson out of Hawaii. He's tall, slender, good hands, great, great wide out. For sure. I did want to talk a little bit about the defense. Um, starting with the defensive line, the knock against uh, previous coordinator was Don, Don Brown um, was that his scheme was, was too predictable and Michigan suffered the consequences more often than not in high-profile matchups. Enter Mike McDonald, uh, the former linebackers coach from the Ravens who joined the staff in January. Who's and Jack? changing up looks. What's that? He's jacked. Is he He's jacked? jacked? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Good for him. Um, the Wolverines pl- plan to to move to a 3-4 front and are using ends Aiden Hutchinson and, and Taylor Upshaw in, in a stand-up outside linebacker roles and plan to utilize more of a zone coverage in the passing game. So I didn't want to start with the defensive line. Obviously, you're not going to get the big names in here because we're going to consider them the, the linebackers um, when as we move forward here. But the defensive line, you got Mozzie Smith, Chris Hinton and Donovan Jeter. So you got 6'3, 326, 6'4, 310, and 6'3, 325. That's a lot of beef. And I think that's very important in this Big Ten schedule. I, I 100% agree with you. The games that we have been overmatched in the last couple of years have been the defensive line. And actually, these same guys. Mm-hmm. It was when they were freshmen and sophomores, and now they're juniors and seniors. And I think it'll just pay off in the end. Right now, we're going to be reaping the benefits of having bigger bodies in the middle to fill the gaps that we need them to fill and, yep. and do something against the run, which has been such a difficult thing for the and Wolverines. I think the scheme is, is the biggest biggest thing of why they were so bad against the run. Because as soon as they got beat, it was, a, you know, like, what is a three yards in a cloud of dust. 
You know what I mean? If you yeah. got past that third three three yard mark, they were gone. Well, that's and because that's, that made everybody look worse than they actually were. I, I think I 100 percent agree, and that was because we were so reliant on the linebackers filling those gaps. So if yep. they missed their assignment, yep. or if there was a one, if there was one cutback where somebody didn't do their job, he was gone for 15, 20, 75 yards. Yeah. Where this type of defense shouldn't have that as often. Will it? We'll see. Um, I don't know much about these guys. All that I saw was was the size of them and using that the the, the right way. And I, I'm excited to see it. And I'm not going to get too much into this, but we're running a three four defense, which means again these guys are going to be engaging their blockers and then being able to move right or left depending on where the the run or uh, play is going. So they're they're expected to fill two gaps. That's what a three four off or a defense does. Two gap defense. One gap defense is. 4-3, where they choose one side, they, they attack that one side, and then they yeah. it's predictable. So with these bigger bodies, it's easier to run those 3-4 style defenses, which we're going to do this year, because they can engage the blocker, and they're too strong, too big to move where you want. They can fill where whatever gap they need to, right or left, they can throw an arm out there and take somebody down. And now that frees up your linebackers to be more athletic and make plays and uh, be less reliant on filling a specific hole and more reliant on using your instincts and your athleticism. Love that. I, I, I love that. That, that was you, – you taught me something there, and I appreciate it. Perfect. I love no, it. That was good. So let's go, go jump down to the linebackers. Um, inside, you got Josh Ross – excuse me. Josh, Josh Ross. Ross. Nikhil Green, Hill Green. Um, and then you got the backups with Michael Barrett, Colson, and, and Mullings. Mullings? Mullings? The big, the big Mullins. one is, I mean, the big two. These guys are so important to this defense is Ross and Green. We talked a little bit about Ross last week, I think. It was kind of um, mixed reviews, I think. I, I think this was off-air, actually, talking a little bit about do we trust him fully. I feel like Micah trusted him more and you didn't as much. I could be wrong on that. I don't want to put words in your mouth. What do you guys think about the inside linebackers, how the scheme works, and, and will it work for these two guys? Real, real quick. So Josh Ross has been a starter since he was a sophomore. He has elite speed for a linebacker. He is strong. He keeps getting stronger with age. Uh, He's had some injury history in the past, but for me, he's always underperformed. And he is a captain this year. Harbaugh trusts him. I'm I'm not saying that he's not a good player. He could be a breakout player this year, hint, hint, for later. But I – yeah. I, I think he has all the capabilities and ability to do what we need him to do in the middle of the field, cover a lot of ground, be a strong force. Um, I, what I think about uh, Nikhil Hill-Green is – Nikai Hill-Green. I think that's a bigger statement for leapfrogging Michael Barrett at that position because uh, Michael Barrett was the breakout season, if you remember last year. Uh, he, he had a breakout game against – uh, Minnesota and, and just lit that game up and everybody thought he was going to be the next big Michigan linebacker and now right. he's getting beat by a sophomore right it, and I think it speaks to the depth that Michigan has at this linebacker position so I, I think part of me goes I, I I hope this isn't another Joe Milton Cade McNamara like someone so-and-so leapfrogs this guy to get that starting position and then someone comes in to take his his spot and why didn't we try you know why didn't we start this guy the whole time but that's not fair that's not fair to me to say that with Nikai and with Michael Barrett so 
I'm going to trust Mike McDonald right now because this is all new. Just like a lot of Sparties are kind of feeling the, the new gut feeling right now. I'm going to I'm going to give Mike McDonald that trust in Nakai and that decision and let that play out in the first three, four games and see how it goes. Yeah, we have to. We have to. Yeah, but but to get back to your point, Josh Ross, I do trust him. I think he's the right person to have on the field. Um, it's important to have that leadership on the field being a redshirt yep, 100%, senior. 100%. It's your leader. I think that the changing of scheme kind of helped because the, if he was going to be the Viper, he was going to fail at that. Yeah. And now that he doesn't have to be that, it'll be interesting yep. to see how he adapts yep. and how he changes. Is he better than what we thought because it, the scheme kind of fits his his thing. And not only right. that, we have Michael Barrett as our backup uh, ultra-athlete linebacker to fill any gaps that are needed. So we'll jump to the, to the edge rushers, outside linebackers type guys. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, obviously, big Eat name, very important to this defense. Uh, I saw David Ajabo as, as a projected starter on the outside. Yep. Yeah. Do you think he jumps Upshaw this year? Different positions. Gosh. Is it? Yeah, David David Ajabo is the outside linebacker in a 3-4 defense, so he will rush the quarterback, but he has different responsibilities than okay. a Taylor Upshaw. Okay. Taylor but Upshaw will be out there as an outside or as a defensive end in run scenarios, pass rush that will go to the more athletic David Ajabo. Oh, okay. Right. You're going you're going to see probably a couple different looks from a 3-4 to a 4-3 with Mike McDonald's system based on the down Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you may see them out there at the same time. You may see some rotation. So, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see All how it plays right. out. Let's jump to some DBs and secondary type thing. Uh, Jermon Green. Jermon Green? Um, I think it's – yeah. 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 Jermon we'll Green. And then DJ Turner and then Vincent Gray are kind of the projected starters that I, I've seen here in, in the cornerback slots. Mike, one thing about, about Green, and do you think he can – be the guy that we need? Uh, I, I do. Um, and it's just based on eye test. But there, there was someone else that I was more eyeing and I, I'd it. rather talk about. Yeah, go for so, it. So Vincent Gray, he, he kind of came out of the scene as um, as a freshman. He, he kind of lit the played really Michigan well. world on fire. He played really well. And then his sophomore year, he had a real bad outing sophomore year. It just, it just wasn't good. We It was – it was almost polarizing because we we look at him getting burned constantly, and you know we we started kind of like taking a step back, thinking ah maybe this isn't our guy, you know, in the secondary, and I I, I do think he has the tangibles to be that guy. He has that he has the tangibles to be the dude, you know, like um, like Don Brown used to say. Okay. So I, I think he's he's looking at a bounce back year right. for cornerback. He he's had he's gotten worse every year, which is the complete opposite of what you would normally expect in college. Right. Um as a as an eighteen year old he was awesome. As a nineteen, twenty year old he got worse and worse. So It'll be interesting to see. I'm not actually expecting him to be the starter. I am more expecting Daxton Hill to move from only only safety responsibilities to bouncing all over the field and being that dynamic weapon on the defensive end, being a cornerback when they need him. And I think he'll play a lot of corner this year. I really do, in the middle of the field. And then also be the the athletic safety to to run all over the place and, and make a play. Then what do you think about Brad Hawkins as well in that safety position? I think Daxon Hill, I think is he's rock solid. Yeah, yep. you you yep. like you like Hawkins. I, I think Hawkins oh, yeah. is is again rock solid. He's he's been Leadership there. Too. He's, he's, he's seen that. Yeah, yeah. he 
he's made some mistakes. He's learned from those mistakes. Not he the is, most athletic. Correct. Not the most athletic, but he is going to prove to be, okay, not dominant. What would you say? Um, reliable. Reliable. There you go. It, Great word. And I don't need to get into too much in this cornerback situation, but, Sam, you and I have talked about this before, and I, I just want to at least say it so it's on, on record kind of, but Jamon Green and, and – uh, Vincent Gray got beat a lot last year, but it, but even DJ Turner. So last year, our cornerbacks were atrocious. They were terrible. However, if you watch those big plays that, that occurred against Michigan, <clears throat> you will see a common theme. It's where the cornerbacks are in a really good position. They're always ready to make a play. They just never make a play. They never turn their head around, or they're trying to make, turn their head around at the last minute, and it, and they just can't make a play. But these guys are not getting beat from a lack of athleticism. I think it's they're getting beat because of a lack of coaching and experience, and they're just not making the play at the time that they need to make it. So if that makes any sense at all, a deep ball, they'd get beat. They were they were all over the wide receiver, shadowing them the whole way down the field, but they never knew when to make the play on the ball. And, and so I think that is something that is coachable, and it's not necessarily um, uh, ability. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like natural I mean, ability. So do you think Don Brown's defense made these guys afraid to make their own decisions? I don't know if they were all ready. It, it was all in one year. They all had to do it at the same time. And then they also g- all got tested against Michigan State all at the same time. Yeah. It's almost like Don Brown's defense got old for all these players that are in Michigan system right now. It almost feels like they they that defense handcuffed them to make plays. And defenders yeah. make plays. That yep. is their job. Yeah, scheme is very important and assignments are extremely important as well. Right. But you got to find guys that just go out and make plays. Correct. And I feel like they weren't allowed to do that. And, and I think Daxon Hill's a guy that will flourish without that handcuff. He's a junior. Correct. It's time. Yeah. Now, Go prove it. Now, listen, I, I'm, I'm not saying or agreeing with you that I think Mike McDonald's defense is just going to be yeah. just life-changing but and mesmerizing. But he's going to be on the field, but, short sleeve shirt, but listen, jacked. <laughs> but he is going to be coaching from the sidelines, which was the same as uh, Don, Don Brown. Brown. Yeah. However, like when you see a lot of guys just kind of up in the press box, they're, they're not connecting with their players, period. Yeah. They're, they're, they're talking with – they're inside linebacker, of course. They're, I mean, they're, they're mic'd in with their helmet. But in the end, this is going to be good for Mike McDonald to be on the sidelines, yeah. talking with their players, making adjustments as the game goes on. <clears throat> and honestly, this 3-4, this 4-3 defense that Mike McDonald is going to run, this is your typical NFL defense mm-hmm. that these kids are expected to learn and to play towards as as their goal. And this isn't... Don Brown's wild and wacky yeah, defense with yeah. the Viper, which was fun to watch for a couple of years, but then it got old. Yep. No, I I think that's right where I'm at as well. I, I I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke and up people's you know what and, and yep. say that this is going to be an easy transition. It? It's very very difficult. It's a very difficult transition to go from a four three to a three four, especially when you don't have the right guys. I think nah. we might have the right guys. I like the veteran leadership in the key positions that I think it will be. A smoother transition, but I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. Right. It could be very difficult, especially in the big 
high-profile games again. They have athletes in the right places. But the athletes in the right places are, are the key. Offensively, I do like the weapons as well. Um, I like what I'm hearing about Cade. I just, I'm trying to be cautious on my feelings about yeah. this team as a whole. 100%. Because the, what, we're, what we've seen, I shouldn't be confident. You know what I mean? There's no reason why I should right. watch this team in the last one and a half years and say that they're going to be good this year. Right. I shouldn't do that. We are in and a I'm wait trying, and see, yes. pro- prove yep. it mentality, and that's exactly where we should be based on what they've done recently. Unfortunately, we're at a point of the podcast that we can't wait and see. We're doing the schedule game right here, right now. So really? That's Holy where we're at. We're doing the schedule game, and it's going to start off with against Western Michigan Broncos. Um, John, we're going to need you, your your mic open for this one because you're, you're jumping in here as well, and I do have a coin in my hand. I was going to say, do you got a coin? I do have a coin. boy. I thought ahead. Um, Western Michigan Broncos, I personally have a win. I don't think it's going to be as easy as, as it should be, but Correct. I think it's going to be a win if not look out. Yeah, win here. Win. Clean, clean sweep. Clean sweep. All right, Washington Huskies is week two. This is the primetime game. ABC, 8 o'clock start, probably 8.30. Uh, doesn't matter. Um, John, where are you going with this game? Michigan's going to win under the lights. Let's go. Micah or Ryan, doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'll go. Oh. So I think Michigan wins. They have an important five-star recruit watching cornerback uh, and it, to pair with Will Johnson, it'll be awesome if we get him. Say what? Michigan wins this game under the lights. Micah? <clears throat> Michigan defense is going to come out with heat and hatred because Giles Jackson is going to be lining up on the other side. Someone's getting hurt. And Michigan's defense is pissed. All right. I think that's a win as well. That's it's a, a sweep win. for the win. Uh, Huskies, uh, week three, win. win. Everybody oh, win? All of us win. Win. Uh, moving on to Rutgers. I have a win. Wait, what? Win here. You say Huskies? I said Rutgers. Yeah. Week three is Huskies. Everybody said win. We're at Rutgers. Oh. I thought. Uh, I got a win. Two Huskies in a row. NIU? Yeah, right, right. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> week Sorry. four. Win for me. Rutgers win? Win. John? Win. Right. At Wisconsin. Currently number 12. I think that's their first loss. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'll go loss. Let's be realistic here. Um, I'd love for them. If they get in a roll, I'm going to say they're going to be a really dangerous team around this time. Without knowing the prerequisites going into this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a loss. It, it just makes sense. I don't think they're yeah, that good. I, I and don't we're playing number 12 team. I don't think we're team. allowed to say that they would win this game yeah. at this point. Playing at Camp Randall, that's a loss. John, do you agree with that? On the road, loss. Uh, Nebraska the, the key, sucks. This is such a big game because let's say they do win the first four. And then you look at the, the following ones after that. Net Nebraska, Northwestern, Spartans, and then Illinois. One, uh, two, three, four, here. five, six, seven, eight. If you win that game against Wisconsin, you could start the season 8-0. and oh. People are getting a little 6 to midnight, and no. it's getting uncomfortable in people's pants. Put, put it this way. <laughs> if, we, if we start off 4-0 and oh and then go to Camp Randall and win, I'm going to be out. so drunk <laughs> off of this beer right here. We're just going to drink Hazen Blue funny. for like eight straight episodes. Of Big Lake. Sure. If they win this week, I might drink Hazen Blue until they lose. Well, you should. Yeah, that should just be go. the way it is. All right, yeah. so at Nebraska, I have a win. Everybody? Yeah, yeah Nebraska's Nebraska terrible. so bad. Yeah. The All win. right, Northwestern. John. Oh, they win that game at home. They're, they're like going to – 
listen, Northwestern is going to give Michigan a fit. I'll tell you that right now. Win or it, loss? It's, it's going to be a hard win. Ryan. It's Following it, a bye? Following oh, a yeah. bye, I'm gonna say coming off a little lull. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go loss. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm I realistic went with here. a loss as well, so Ooh. that means we have to flip a coin. Ooh, we flip one. Better first coin. Coin Come flip. On. Heads wins or loses? They win. Head heads win. Oh, going off go. the rules from last week. So Jerome Bettis. Win. Good. <laughs> because I, th- I look coming off the bye. I didn't Taylor really play heads. that into the picture. The they classic, probably deserve it. Michigan State toss. last week. We all picked wins for Michigan, losses for Michigan State. So that's a win. Right? Sorry, Zach. All right, so here we are against the Indiana Hoosiers. It is home at Michigan. I have a loss here. I have a loss as well. Oh, it's a birthday weekend for me. It's a win. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ryan. Yeah, I'm going to go win here. Oh, right. boy. Flip Indiana's overrated. Really? What? Heads twice. Come on, Yes, man. we got a win, boy. Let's go. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> We're all so pumped right now. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, it's so stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> all right, so at Penn State. Need more losses. <laughs> I picked a win here. I so know I shouldn't, I. but I don't think Penn State's as good. I agree. I'm going to go as loss. As people say. I'm win. also going to go loss. They oh never play good on the road in Penn State. Yeah. I'm sorry, Joe Paterno, RIP. It's going to be a whiteout. Fails never fails. It's a loss. Let's go. Son yeah. of a gun. I'm three for three on this coin flip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop at Gun Lake on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, let's do it. I'm in. All right, so that's a loss. Maryland trap game. Uh-oh. Maryland, yes, it's a trap game. I gave them a win. They better not lose. That. You know what's weird about this? Who usually plays us right there at that week? Penn State. Nope. Wrong. Okay. Indiana. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they switched it up. All right. Win or loss? <laughs> okay. It's been that way for years. Win or loss? <laughs> we gotta I'm, I'm going to go win. Gonna go win. It's going to be a tough game. Win. Loss. He's so worried about time. Three in a row. Finish the season. Jim Harbaugh's out. Look at that. All right. Confident pick. And then Ohio State, I got a loss. Big time. Yeah. Ohio State's a loss. What? They're going to hang 50. You guys. What? All right. It's a loss. Yeah. For sure. Dang that. So that gives them a nine. Four. And three. Three. Record. You guys are, you guys are homers. I personally had them. You had wins more <laughs> than we did, I think. No, man. I had losses more than you guys. What, what is your personal yeah. record for them? Eight and, eight and four. So that was my personal. Yeah. Northwestern was personal. a loss. My personal. You guys had a Anyways, that was yeah. the anyway, schedule I'd, I'd game. Four, four losses, dude. Yeah. I'm with you, Ryan. <coughs> so Eight we're jumping to our picks, but before we do that, Ryan, can you explain? Actually, hold on. Let me just. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. Ryan, give us a three-second explanation of what betting hero is yeah bettinghero.com guys go there bettinghero.com promo code uh mi bets they will give you the best promo codes available in the state of michigan for all of the the um the big games going on or events going on at that moment so what they do is if there's a big fight going on they're going to give you free money that you just bet against uh let's just say like i don't know Floyd Mayweather, that you can make easy money on those fights every single time. Uh, Michigan, game one, week one, go get the best promo code available. It's not just one of them versus or, or, or against one, uh, another one of them. There are four, five, six different options in the state of Michigan that are all legal for sports betting online. They're going to give each one of those opportunities to get the best promo code available at the time. 
every single time, every single week. It changes up. It's not just a one and done. It gives you um, every single week. So again, uh, what am I? Bettinghero.com. Thank you. Bettinghero.com. Promo, promo code, code MIBETS. Yeah, that's the pick music, boys. It is time to get our picks in. First week, I was the winner last year. Kyle won two years ago. Um, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it back-to-back here. Is, is this going to happen? I'm sorry. You guys might as well just give up now. Um, but what we got to do quick is and you get mean into real quick. our picks. Real quick. So we're going to start with Penn State. We got some really good matchups for week one. Really excited about it. Um, Penn State at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. He, Kyle took Penn State. I'm taking Wisconsin. Ryan, what about you? Wisconsin, easy. Much better team. Penn State is so overrated this year. You're here first. John, you are doing picks this year, by the way. So i got to write my name on the sheet? I, 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 I used to four, so just be ready. But Micah? Penn State to cover. John? Wisconsin. Moving down to Indiana, number 17, Indiana, at number 18, Iowa. Iowa is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Kyle took Iowa. I'm taking Indiana, not only to cover, but to win. Ryan, what about you? Indiana. Micah. Iowa. John. The Hoosiers. <laughs> Perfect. All right, big game here. Georgia, number five, at number th- – or not at, against number three, <laughs> Clemson. Clemson is minus – Three points. Kyle took Georgia. I'm taking Clemson. I don't trust Daniel. JT Daniel, that's his name for Georgia? Georgia's quarterback? I don't trust Correct. him. Correct. You yes. don't Clemson. trust him. Clemson is way better. Clemson wins this by I agree. double digits. I agree. And, uh, Clemson's quarterback got a lot of playing time last year prepping for this year. I'm going to go number three, Clemson. Micah? I'm going to go with Georgia to cover. John? Clemson big, big. boy. So we got Michigan State at Northwestern. Northwestern is minus three. Kyle took Michigan State. I'm taking Northwestern. I think Northwestern's actually a very underrated team. It's nothing against Michigan State. I, there's too many questions. Too many questions with them, so I'm taking Northwestern. I'm going to go out on a, a, a little limb here and say Michigan State. I'm taking them to cover. Uh, I think – they will be so hyped, and this is the kind of game that, um, I don't know, the coaching staff is looking forward to build confidence in their program, and, and they're, they're, they're going to come out ready to play. Micah? Northwestern. Patty Fitz is going to be ready to roll. It's a payback game. Yep. It's a payback game. It they're is. pissed that they lost last year. John? Yep. Northwestern by 17 at least. Oh. Oh. Yes. You say by 17? Track. Track me. All right, last game of the picks this week is Western Michigan at Michigan, minus 17. Kyle's taking Michigan. I'm taking Western. Really? Uh, okay. Cover? Listen, I'm taking I, Western to cover. Sure as hell hope they don't win. It, correct. Terrified by us. 14-point game, probably, right? That, is that what you're like thinking? More 10. 10? Really? Micah, what do you think? I'm looking for Western Michigan to cover. I'm looking at the 14 range like Deer Camp is over there. If I were a betting man, I I would put a bit of money on Western Michigan to cover. Ryan? U of M. Go Wolverines. You guys are uh, homers and you bet against your own team? Come on. 
John, you picked Western. Mich- no, Michigan's going to be up twenty-one at halftime. It's going to be a cakewalk. And then what happens yeah, after halftime? Michigan's going to win this. I think it'll probably stall out the win by twenty. There's going to be a lot of separation in this uh, pick em here. Dang. There is it. a lot of separation. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Wow, we made it to the end, you guys. I feel like Holy I just did a parlay. Thank you, God. I feel like it. We got to do our beer grade. Again, remind here. everyone of Sorry. our partner, Cisneros <laughs> Market. <laughs> They're simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or you need some help from their expert staff, Cisneros Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they're individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. Along with their great selection of craft beer, they have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. They also have the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the state of my sports family and is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. Most recent beer that we we cracked open was the um was it the Stoner? What was the name? Super Stoner. Super Stoner. Super Stoner IPA. Super Stoner. Mm. I sipped on that. Did we already grade this one or no? No. It, if you guys, it? if you guys graded it, I missed it. Dude, yeah, we, I don't think I, I was graded in the bathroom. It. I don't think I graded it. We didn't. We talked about drink it. We introduced it. it. What do you mean we didn't I drank drink it. it? We were oh, given like three I, cans. I, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I thought it was a good one. I really liked the. That was um, only six beers in the hydro. Okay. The hydro the, was a little better, for, I, in my opinion. I personally like the hydra better than the super. Or hydra, hydra. I just keep it's saying hydro. Definitely no, no. hydra. My bad. That's on That's me. That's an A. Definitely not an O. That's Thank on you. me. Thank you, John. I haven't looked at the label close enough. Um, but this is still <laughs> a very good IPA. I'm going to go with an 8.0. An Noob. 8. Noob. Point zero. What do you got, Micah? I disagree with you, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Classic moment. <laughs> um, okay, Super Stoner. Uh, it's, it's really good, actually. I wish Zach was sitting right next to me so he could talk about it a little <laughs> bit more. But I think he explained it pretty well with the cryo hops in there. And Ryan said they're very cold. That was one of my favorite comments tonight was very cold. <laughs> did cryo. I say that? Yeah, well, yeah cryo, did. cryo is very cold, yeah. <laughs> it's minus um, 70, minus 80, you guys. Come on. All right. I'm going to give uh, Super Stoner Celsius <laughs> an 8.3. Ryan? That's how yeah. good that Okay, Hydra so is. I'm in a tough spot because Hydra um, is is so good, and I gave it a, an amazing score, honestly. Like 8.9 is is really high on my list. Um, this is better than Hazen Blue. It's better than Sparty Party, um, but it's not as good as Hydra. And I gave those other ones a really good grade because they've kind of earned it. So it's got to fall in between somewhere. Yep, that's usually how it works. Yeah, it's got to fall between somewhere. Where is somewhere? That's news, breaking news. It's got to fall between somewhere. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. I, don't, I don't get it. Never mind. All right, I'm gonna go with an eight point five. It's a good Phen- Phenomenal beer, it really is. It, yeah. If if you uh, if you smell this one compared to the the Hydra Haze, if you smell it, yeah, God, come on, it's the thing. I don't get it. I, I still don't get it. All right, so it, you can smell the flavor so much more and, and that's what you're going to get it's very strong right you're going to f- you're going to taste it immediately um there there's you get that after <laughs> flavor really after <laughs> all right anyways eight five <laughs> all right. it's really good 
All right, John, real quick, can you remind everybody what we drank and tell us our average scores for the episode so we can get out of here for these guys? Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we apologize. We had the – was it the BLD light? BL – BLB 95-cal light lager. BLB. 95? 95-calorie? 95 yeah, 95. Yes. What was our average score for that one? That was the starter. Seven, yep. 7.8. All right. All right. Our lowest score of the night. Well, right. I say our, your lowest score of the night. Because <laughs> if it was me, it would be different. Yeah, all right. What do we what did we go to after that? We went to the Haze and Blue. We did. Just came in at an 8.3. 8.3 average. That's a good wow. score. I'm going to throw go. out another big word. Cumulative score oh, average. Cumulative. Just don't cumulative. do that to me. <laughs> Spell it. We'll have to ask Zach's wife. Conniption? She's spelling <laughs> things tonight. <laughs> All right, then we moved on to the Sparty of Parties. <laughs> the Sparty Party, a week late for our party. Yes. 8.2. All right, so the haze and blue is a little higher. You say 8.3? 8.2 for the oh, Sparty. Two. Sorry. 8.3 for the maze. So a little, All right. little advantage maze. there. Then Hydra in Vegas. was obviously our highest Maybe. cumulative Let's score. Go. Maybe ever. Yeah. What? Oh. 8.9. Average, average score? Average? Across Ooh. Suck it, Kyle. You missed out on a good beer. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Screw you, dude. Good luck finding it. <laughs> All right, and then we ended with... The Stoner. Super. Super Stoner. Super Stoner IPA. What do we got? Another 8.3 on the board. It's not a bad score. Not a bad score yeah. at we all. We got a bonus beer here. What do you got there? <laughs> Something you don't get to try. No, I probably shouldn't. No, you should try it. Right. It's a uh, <laughs> barrel-aged no. Dark Star, and it says real vanilla on it. And once again, I wish Zach was sitting right next to me so I could explain this better. But uh, <laughs> So it's a barrel-aged so breakfast stout made with coffee, cocoa, oats, and vanilla bean, and it's clearly real vanilla. It's not fake vanilla. <laughs> Cacao. Cacao. He's back. He's back. <laughs> No, this is this is really good. Yeah, it's really. Have good. you been drinking it? Oh yeah, Sam. So here, tell us a little about this one, Zach. Uh, this is a uh, kind of like a breakfast stout thing that's been around at Big Lake well before my time. Um, it's brewed with local coffee and Kona Sumatra, um, Baker's chocolate, um, tons and tons of malts, just like chocolate malt, you know, caramel malts. All kinds of good stuff. And Super then smooth. We age it in freshly emptied bourbon barrels, and I'm talking days because we schedule it ahead of time. Okay. Um, and then we get actual vanilla bean. It's it's crazy expensive. It's one of the only beers that we really pull out all the stops financially to make. So, are um, you allowed to share with the crowd like who you use for your coffee, or no? Uh, if I could remember offhand, I'm having a brain fart. Otherwise, I would have said it already. Yeah, okay, I didn't mean to. Uh, on the spot like it's that, in Grand then. Rapids. Name a Grand Rapids coffee Ferris? place. Yes. There. See? Ferris That's coffee. all it took. Perfect. It's so easy. Nice. Yeah, Ferris Coffee. I was going to say Mad... Uh, Mad Cap? Yeah. I was gonna say Definitely not Mad Cap. No. It's Ferris. What was the, what's the one that I get coffee at? No clue. Starbucks? Herman's Boy. <laughs> Herman's Boy. Oh, Rockford. Yeah. get coffee yeah, at? That's good. Herman's Boy. I don't know. No, that, that's, <laughs> no clue. that is very good. That gets me a little excited for a little winter time. Dude, this is oh, really fire. good. So yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm not ready to give up on the, the summer beers yet, but that's, that is very good. Okay. Yeah. So how readily available is that come fall, winter at all? 
Uh, like, where do we? It's find it's it? going to be tough. Yeah. 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 Um, normally, what we would do is we do one batch of it for distribution. Oh. Um, but oh my this gosh, this batch. year was pub only oh, because wow. we're trying to do the lunatic this year. Okay. So that's those barrels right there. Ooh. Right there. You don't get to see it. So this is the lunatic. I see the label. It, it, sweet. It's not a breakfast stout. It's just going to be a, like a giant imperial stout. But cool. huge bourbon notes from that, the bourbon That barrels. whole stack. That whole stack. Okay. Yeah, the whole one. That whole. That's huge why the sticker's on notes. right there. Yeah. Uh, yes, please. Yeah. Um, but I think the uh, barrel-aged vanilla dark star will probably be a distribution thing again next year. So we'll kind I of love just the cans, the labels. Yeah, cool as all get. Yeah, very very cool. And just just thank you guys for everything. Really yeah. really appreciate you having us here. Uh, thank you for letting us try all these awesome beers. I mean, amazing job. Um, I hope I hope that you guys had as much fun as we did because I know I had fun. Thank you guys for recording. Thank you yeah. again. Thank you guys. Thank you all for listening, watching live. I know I'm gonna mess this up, but seriously, huge shout out. You guys have always treated us so well. Yeah. Even going 100%. back to last year, awesome, awesome yep. people. Go support them, please. You've been listening to State of My Sports. Peace. From the Red Wings to the Lions, to the Tigers to the Pistons, to Michigan and Michigan State, and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.